good morning, everybody. Or good afternoon, or whatever time it is for you listening to this. It's morning for us. And what a morning it is. What an exciting morning. It feels like it should be November 12th. Right? Yes. Ideally. Ideally, we would be recording and releasing this on November 12th, which is the birthday of an important individual, Neil Percival Young. Uh, it is is not November twelfth, but may, maybe we'll just postpone the <laughs> the uh, uh, release. Is Neil release a, is Neil a Scorpio? That's great. <clears throat> I think he'll be seventy seven this year. Is that right? I think that's correct. Well, yeah. So yeah, we're we're talking about Neil Young today. This has been this has been in the works for a long time. Maybe this might be the first episode theme that was solidified in my mind. That, that generated the the need for this podcast to exist in the wow, first place. Wow! Yeah, origin origin stories. Because Steve and I were driving back from San Diego, and Steve admitted that he was not very familiar with Neil Young. And you know, we're staring at twelve hours ahead of us on the road. <laughs> I know. And that's, that's sorry, one Brian. that's sorry, one Brian. Neil Young album. I got my I got my <laughs> got my phone on me. I made a impromptu playlist called Journey Through Journey Through the Past, a uh, tribute to Neil Young. And just I went by chronological order in uh chose like two or three songs from each album. And Played, played the hits for, for Steve. We, I don't think we even made it to uh, Russ Never Sleeps. I don't think we made it there. I want to hear Steve's side of the story. Because <laughs> well, Steve's, after Steve's like six hours, over. after six hours, he's like, okay, my turn, Elvis Costello. <laughs> and yeah, he, he I see you, Neil Young, and I raise yeah. you, and Elvis Costello. Yeah. No, this is this is all true. It was, and, and I still don't know a lot about Neil Young, but, you know, no. But it was after that that I was like, everything that I just did needs to be contained in a recording so that my own kids can listen to this and so they can know. This needs to Brand, be passed I, I, don't, I don't think I knew that was the spark that led to the podcast. Uh, that's what planted the seed in my the head. The seed. The uh, spark that ignited it was a uh, a lunch a lunch between me so and there was Jordan a seed and, Jason. and then a spark and John Lasseter. The seed spawned yeah. a tree, which then died, and the wood dried, and then there no, was a no, spark. No, 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 no. It was all right. I'm sorry. Wait, yeah. Why would there be a seed and a spark? <laughs> well, yeah, whatever. You got them both. But all right, it's also yeah. It, the seed was planted, but I didn't have the the ability to do it. I didn't have the people to do it with until until that lunch. And I was like, "Hey, I've been thinking about this, guys. You want you want to start a podcast where we can eventually make an episode about Neil Young so that our kids can appreciate it?" <laughs> there we go. And we said, "Yes, we do." And here it is. Let, let's do two whole seasons before we get to that, though. <laughs> hey, got to yeah, got to build up, got to prepare. Hey, d- you we better had, introduce yourself. We what if we lay, have a new time listener? We had to lay the groundwork so that our special guest would be interested in joining us as a special guest. That's right. Yeah. All right, Mr. Brian time. Watts, let's give it up for Brian oh, Watts. Brian. Thank you. Thank you very much. I was going to say, it, you know, the perfect end to that playlist, there is a, 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 a live performance of Elvis Costello and Neil Young doing Allison. Ooh. Whoa! Yeah. Now Steve's a fan. <laughs> so, yeah, I've always loved Neil Young. <laughs> yeah. and, and Neil's backup vocals are awful. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if he's on key once. It's great. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. As opposed to... Right. <laughs> Fair point. Does he have a ripping old black solo in the middle somewhere? Or? No, it's no. very mellow. Acoustic. Oh, it's wow. uh, from uh, the Bridge School Benefit concerts mm. that they would do. Huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I gotta, cool. I'll, I'll look that up. Well, Indeed. Uh, yeah, we've got, we've got Brian here with us and joined by the rest of the... Uh, the usual suspects. The usuals. Yes, indeed. I'm Jordan. I'm here. Jason Johnson. Steve Ricks. Thank you, guys. <laughs> so why don't we just... We made it. We made it. This, this, is through this, is how we're, this is how we're able to talk to each other, Brian. No, it makes why sense. Did, yeah. Why is Brian here? Let's, let's, let's just... Like, I thought, who I wants to introduce that, Brian in a little bit That was bit the more. question about Neil Young that we were answering, but we're now answering it about why is Brian here. <laughs> why is right. Brian... Oh, that's <laughs> true. Existential. <laughs> that's true. We're glad that Brian's here. Jason, I think you were going to... Do a little riff on. No, we'll come oh. back to that. We'll come back to okay. that. We'll, we'll 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 hit we'll hit this organically. Okay. Oh goodness, good. goodness it, gracious! We we all have history here. So my my first memory of Brian, we met in Grace Marshall's English sophomore class. Sophomore English, yeah. yeah. Sophomore English. Uh, you your first memory of me is probably different than than mine of you. Um, I remember you had your headphones on frequently in class. All the time. Yeah. And at, at one point I asked you what you're listening to, and you said, Neil Young. And I was like, oh, cool. I had no clue who that was. And I, I thought you meant the singer of ACDC. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Which no. I also didn't know what his name was at the time. but I, thought I, it ended I still in, don't know. I thought it ended in Young. Oh, and, Brian Young. I, right? Is that right? Yeah. yeah there you go. It. Right, Jason? Yeah. Uh, well, you're, no. com- you're combining Brian, Brian Johnson yeah, and Angus, Angus Young. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Brian Johnson. There you go. See, I know my ACDC. So, uh, for the I, record, Brian Johnson was a replacement of Bon Scott. Of course. <laughs> so I knew I knew at the time that, uh, that Brian was a fan of this guy that I didn't know. And then once I found out who Neil Young was, then I still knew Brian was a fan. Uh, and as we got to be friends... I knew. I, I remember going to the CD store with you, Graywell or whatever, and you paying extra money for a Neil Young's CD that you already owned. But this was the gold remastered. Yes, it was Harvest, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, why would somebody do that? I still don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the the genius. So yeah, true. And and I also know you were early in on the internets. Yes. You had an AOL subscription, yes, or, or whatever that was. Yep, dial um, up. Yeah. yeah, and here, here we have right, right before us a uh, a cassette tape of Neil Young live at the bottom line that you acquired through the internet. Yeah, this I, would have been like ninety four something. Yeah, ninety three, ninety four, probably. So there, I I think it was a group called. I don't know if it's still around. It was like a. Are they Usenet groups? I don't even know what the right terminology was, but it was called Hyperrust, and you would talk with other. It was like a message board, not real time. Like it would this message board that you go visit, and then they would do what were called tape trees. So you, if you had a good bootleg, you could offer it up to this community and maybe get something in return. But you could, you had to have something to trade because everybody would ask what, what you got because I'm not giving you anything unless I get something in return. It was the barter system. There, there weren't any digital files. 
It no, was, and then it was mailing cassette tapes through the through the the mail. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. it it so is awesome. a it is a, a unique, I guess, common common DNA for for let the music be your master. I'm sure this isn't the most exciting material for a for a listener to hear the the genesis, the 30 year whatever it is genesis of uh, of of how this came about. But Brian really was this early on Neil Young. Not just enthusiast, but evangelist. Yes, he was. Uh, I, my my experience, math math class, Provo High. Don Danner didn't know Brian, but uh, here's what I figured out about Brian. I was a knucklehead. I didn't care about school, but if you made Brian laugh, you you didn't hear a sound out of his mouth sometimes, but you would see his his shoulders <laughs> yeah. bouncing up and down like yeah. he, like he couldn't breathe. Did he and, sit in front of you? And that became was like, that oh the- yeah, he was in front of us, and uh, and me and my friend would just try to make him laugh because it was it was super funny watching him not be able to breathe then we found out we liked uh music and he immediately made me a mixtape that was was essentially like it was a mixtape but it was basically everybody knows this is nowhere and and it was like honestly like honestly like a, a pivotal moment in in my music uh my 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 kind of music education it really was was a, a life-changing moment and then we ended up um all of us that are from utah here i, I apologize steve this is the worst for you man but while all of us ended up playing in uh in in bands together and, and jamming together and playing for audiences of nobody together and oftentimes it would be jamming on on neil young's songs at some point as part of the process yeah it was amazing well you know Two three chord songs are easy for high yeah, school kids it, it to get into. It works out really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you learn E minor, you learn A, and you're you got, good. You got good down go. by the river <laughs> right. yeah. for ten minutes <laughs> or, or twenty <laughs> before the first verse. But what what's interesting is this was early nineties, you know. The, and granted, Neil's the the godfather of grunge or whatever, but still, most kids were not listening to Neil Young at the time. No. No, like it, it's kind of like that uh, that movie from a few years ago. It's called Blinded by the Light about the uh, the Pakistani kids in the eighties in London that really loved Bruce Springsteen. Mm. Oh yeah, like kind of kind of same feel of that. Like if if you knew Neil, I I don't know that anyone even knew him. Well, he, he never reached the heights of Springsteen did in the mid eighties to no, then be lame afterwards. He did but. there was a very nineties moment where he was being given Harvest credit Moon. for yeah. for well not just that but being given credit like openly for his influence on grunge and Probably he did only have if you that were paying attention though yeah but if you were if you had MTV like he had a very yeah. real moment on MTV oh, okay. like a, a very it famous was... moment but mm-hmm. it, I think it, it it definitely helped like reintroduce him to a whole generation of fans that were probably you know digging into the internet i mean i, I remember going to brian's house to download tablature music because oh, yeah. he's the only person i knew that had the internet yeah and uh but that we'd go and you could download tablature and yeah it, it was, was re- whole, it was really world. harvest moon and pearl jam i mean yes. that was when he got back on the radar and he played rock i mean pearl jam would close their shows with rocking in the free world and then when they performed on the Video Music Awards, would have been 92 or 93, yep. Neil Young came out and played with them. And then they did an album together, and he was getting a lot of press. But before that, he was, I think, kids had no idea yeah. who he was. I mean, I I had, like, you know, I'm the youngest of six kids, so, like, you 
you move bedrooms as uh, the personnel changes in the household. And I went, I moved into my brother's old room and the first time I heard him, it was just an old cassette tape. And there were, I think three Neil Young songs on it. Um, and that's all I knew. And it was uh, two songs from after the gold rush and then, uh, the needle and the damage done. And then, uh, the, the ragged glory, that, that album came out and a guy in the neighborhood, who was older, you know, my sister's age, they had tickets to go see him in Salt Lake and they had an extra ticket. And I was like, sure. I had heard these like super mellow, like nice. And so I'm thinking I'm going in to get this nice acoustic. And it was the loudest show with crazy horses backing him. I couldn't hear anything anyone was saying for 20 minutes after that show. (laughs) Then I was sold. Yeah. So that, that was the origin for you. Yeah, and that, that was That's what I about, wanted to know. You know I was like, how, how did Brian get to be yeah. so into Neil Young at a young age like and that? And that was probably, you know, two, three years before he got back on the radar. So, but yeah, that that show... Uh, that did it. That was... Uh, Ragged Glory, that would have been a tour. Yeah, it oh, was yeah. Uh, Sonic Youth. Oh yep. my, and yep. they opened dinosaur junior opened on the east coast and then oh my gosh so that was the other half of the mixtape it was everybody knows this is nowhere and then random dinosaur junior songs yeah i <laughs> probably was very into dinosaur yeah. junior after i uh, saw them at, although i had never heard so, uh, uh, oh yeah and it, i had never heard sonic youth before that show in salt lake either that was just mind melting i had never seen anything like that I actually have a memory of being at your house with maybe it was the Bilbo Baggins, but you were showing us Sonic Youth. Like that was you were the only the person I've ever known that was like, "Hey, check out Sonic Youth." Remember that? Why didn't good, Neil? Uh, good do advice, an album by the way. Yeah. Really good advice. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> that would but, be intense. But he, I mean, he's always Neil's always loved feedback and stuff. But he has credited Thurston Moore for like getting him back into it and really like that's ragged glory every song ends with like just a minute and a half of just feedback (laughs) (laughs) and poor ralph molina on the drum kit is wondering like when he's gonna do the final like (laughs) snare to wrap it up and neil's just kind of doing that feedback (laughs) just letting it go yeah you gotta end when it's right (laughs) oh so good nice i love the old neil stories (laughs) i love gathering around with friends sharing neil stories what you got steve some neil stories come on I'm going to leave that to you guys. I'm, I'm here to learn. I'm here to learn today. Here, let's, so uh, let's kick things off. Yeah, get it Let, going. Get let's it going. kick things off. Brian mentioned seeing Neil play live with Paul McCartney. Correct. Which I found I found this clip on YouTube as I was, uh, as I was just looking for stuff. You know, here's here they are. I'll I'll just skip to. Every time. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, Paul now, McCartney is now, such a good singer. Now they're hugging each other. <laughs> yeah. Paul and Neil are. <laughs> I 
That's old black, baby. That's old black right there. <laughs> oh, and vibraphone. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's got it all. It's got the guitar tone. It's got that Neil Young voice. Yeah, and I, who knows if it was planned. They acted like it wasn't planned. He, Paul invited him out and then asked him to do a solo, and Neil seemed very concerned that he was going to need to do a solo. Well, clearly it was planned, because this is live from Hyde Park, which is not where you oh, saw them. exactly. Right? That would be planned then. <laughs> so, um... How do we want to start this out? the The goal, I guess, is to make our our golden record of of Neil Young that we're going to shoot out into space. Um, which potentially you could just set, shoot out decade. His, you could his first uh, compilation album, and that would be a solid start. Yes, that would be that would be a solid way to go. But we're we're going to try to be a little bit more comprehensive. Than, than decade or his. We're going to be more comprehensive by making a song hits. of less songs. Yeah, and then we're on decade. Right. Yeah. We're we're limiting. <laughs> right. limiting. That was got two best albums. Got it. If the choice is fifteen songs or decade, I'm going with decade. But we're, you got to do. We got to like see this premise through. Yeah. So because decade only goes up through what's the last album? American Stars and Bars. Yeah, that's. I think that's right. Seventy, seventy-eight or so. Yeah, and he's got a few albums after seventy-eight. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does. I, uh, I, during my my research, which I didn't really need to do, but uh, my research, aka you know, getting a cold drink and just sitting on my couch <laughs> yeah. thinking about the, stuff. the Guardian. Uh, published a definitive ranking of every Neil Young album. I'm sure it is. It, it was published in 2020, and he had 45 albums, studio yeah. albums, yeah, not not including the live ones. So, and I think he's had three since then. And nobody yeah, understands so Neil Young like the Brits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, let's uh, let's dive into it. Make a make our golden record. Um. The opening track, as you know, is a is a crucial. Yeah. Can you can you take the opening track, Brian? Or do oh you want, my gosh! Or do you want the closing track? Uh, I, I want both, Are, probably. So yeah. is no. this... I, I was thinking Brian probably needed both. We'll, <laughs> we'll do sixteen songs. Let me ask Brian you now. In the past, we've created some parameters as far as like eras, generations. Now Neil, Neil Young is tricky. He has because he's timeless. He's timeless. <laughs> he's he's prolific. He um, he has different different eras of himself. He has different. Um, he's tried a little bit of everything. Are we trying to make sure we cover like everything do, legal and not and legal? Be, because we could. I mean, if we weren't careful, we could create a, an album that's only entries from the seventies. Do we want to make sure that we are covering? Everything and if so, how do you propose that we make sure we do that? It'll happen. Uh, <laughs> it'll, I, it'll I happen. want that to be done. 
You're just I trusting us. I think it'll just have to be part of You're the trusting process. us to be good stewards yeah. of the, the, uh, of the mean, Neil Young collection. If, all the right. first, if the first five picks are all from everybody knows this is nowhere, then maybe the next round we just think to ourselves, okay, let's branch out a little we'll just bit. Just jump up to trends. We, we, could, we could put a limitation of no more than two songs from the same album. But... I don't know. I'd, I'd just rather let this right, be organic. Just what would Neil it do? It seems, would Neil do? I was going to say, the, the, he wouldn't overthink the youngest, it. No. Yeah. The, the youngest thing ever would be to just go. Just yeah. start. Just go for it. Yeah. But let, let's do mention a little background. Uh, so his first solo album is called Neil Young from 1969. His most recent album is called Barn from 2021. Uh have you have you heard Barn? I, I have heard Barn. Yeah. See? Yeah. True Neil Young fan here. <laughs> He's had a year to do it, come on. <laughs> and it's been a pandemic, so yeah. it's been plenty of time. Oh, hey Will, just take one of those and leave the rest. <laughs> hey listeners, this is, this is my we're graced by the presence of my son Will. Will favorite coming. Neil Young song, go. I don't have one. Oh, gosh. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, that speaks volumes. There's too many. There's too many. One that you like a little bit. I don't know any of their names. Oh. Oh. Can, you, can you have a few bars? Parenting. <laughs> you can't you can't force the needle on, on someone. It's gonna backfire. You can't. You can't. Well, and good news is I know he's a, heard it. Trust I know me, a guy. He's heard it, I know but. a guy that's a, a pretty good Neil Young evangelist. Maybe he could make him a mixtape that'll uh, that'll yeah. change everything. Yeah. Maybe there could yeah. be a podcast in the future. Can't, you can't know, ten push years it, from now. Young William will be like, I wonder what Dad and his friends talked yeah. about. You can't push it. You just you, all you can do is <laughs> make it available. <laughs> you just gotta make it available. You can't force it. Free will. Yep. All right. So, yeah, we got a lot of material to choose from. And that's not counting his live albums, of which there are many. Uh, it's not counting his his various branch-offs into other bands. Buffalo Springfield. Yeah. Crosby something-something and Young. <laughs> yeah. Young, Nash, and Crosby, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, what do we start this album off with? Brian. Is it, uh, down by the river. Down by the there river. There we go. Opening track. Okay. You you stole mine, but uh, that's fine. My favorite uh, guitar solo. <laughs> there, there are and others. Do you, do you want the studio recording of that? I do. Okay. I do. From oh, are live versions um, free game for this? If, Don't overthink if it. If that's the one that right. you want to include. Fair point. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Let's go down by the river. From everybody knows this is nowhere.
So, I mean... We gotta this, hear the guitar solo, though. Oh, it, okay. Right? <laughs> right? Oh, it's, it's long, but the guitar the, solo. The first, the first five seconds of this yeah. guitar solo is my favorite beginning of every any solo I've ever. Fair heard. enough. It's, is it coming up right here? Yeah, yep. it's right here. So this song, uh, studio version, nine minutes, nineteen seconds long, two verses, correct, two guitar solos. Yeah, I think that's it's a fair approximation. Yeah. And when you guys, when Brandon and Brian played it at the station, <laughs> it was maybe fifteen minutes, twenty yeah. minutes. <laughs> it's probably thirty minutes long. It's yeah. probably worth here at least saying a thing about Crazy Horse because oh yeah, we we haven't. Other than mentioning by name them, th- this is an important part of the equation, for especially sure. for this for this album. Who, who yeah. are the members of Crazy Horse? Well, Danny Witten is on uh, guitar, and everybody knows er, this is early the on in, the, yeah, in these yeah, albums. Yeah, and uh, Ralph Molina on drums, and Billy Talbot on bass. And the story is they were like a doo-wop band. Uh, in uh, Hollywood, going under, the, and then they formed a band called the Rockets. Neil Young saw him and stole him, essentially, and took him for his own. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so, yeah, I mean, this is if somebody's thinking, if you're talking about top five most known songs down by the river, is if you're trying to say to somebody, do you know who Neil Young is? You're going to say Heart of Gold, Old Man, Down by the I mean, it'll be one of the, the first ones. Mm-hmm. And this is a song that is still in the repertoire live. And he's done it with Promise of the Real most recently and mm-hmm. just amazing stuff. Um, so this- L- Listening to this version again, you know, in, in the context of the podcast and trying to really pick it apart. I'm surprised how clean the guitar is. Yeah. Is that Danny Whitten on the clean guitar? Yeah. It must but, be because you still hear the chord strumming while Neil's handling this but solo. But even Neil is, is pretty clean. I mean, this is not... I mean, it's just yeah. light distortion. It, it is. This is not uh, Rust Never Sleeps. This is in, not. But in the mix, I would say Danny's guitar is louder in the mix than yeah. Neil's is. Yeah. Like, you can really hear that clean And Whitten is great. I mean, not to talk... I, w- I won't talk about other songs. But, like, Witten's rhythm guitar You, you can't. We call that pulling a Jordan. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's why I looked at Jordan when I said <laughs> I'm not going to talk about other songs. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, Witten's rhythm guitar playing is amazing. I mean, the way that they can play off each other on Down by the River and other tracks they've done. That so might so come Crazy up. Horse ends up being kind of this really important resource for Neil Young. He doesn't record every album with Crazy Horse. Um, he kind of goes back and forth. It kind of creates... Almost a, a, every other album. Yeah, and yeah. I think it creates kind of a, a cool parallel to like a George Clinton or something where you have your Funkadelic outlet for one thing and you have your Parliament outlet for another thing and he can get really, really heavy with with Crazy Horse. Yeah. Um, 
And this is this the first official album with Crazy Horse? Yeah, everybody knows this. And, and I think it's probably the I don't. This is my, my personal favorite Neil Young album. This just where it starts, it, and it's so it's like the perfect balance. Sometimes Crazy his Crazy Horse albums just feel like an extended garage jam, which is great. But Sometimes. this this is like a really nice balance of the best that Crazy Horse does, but they're still trying to make like a, a formed a formed album. Yeah. Um, it's it's really cool. It's well, and I think Crazy Horse morphs over time too, which is why the the kind of the feel of the albums start to change. You know, when Frank Poncho San Pedro comes in after Danny Witten, he's got a different kind of style. But the thing that Neil Young will say is like he, he Neil can actually play very well. I mean, he's a good technical guitarist. He can play with CSNY. He can play with these other, you know, very accomplished musicians. But he, and when he goes with Crazy Horse, it's just a completely different thing. And he he says the thing that's great about Crazy Horse, which is so true, is like there's an element of danger. Because you don't know if they're going to make it to the end of the song (laughs) or if the wheels are just going to fall off. I mean, it's not tight. It's not, you know, I mean and it's just, it's real. It's like this whole thing could come tumbling down any second. All all the hallmarks of of a Crazy Horse album and song are, are here in this one. You got, you got the uh, the drums. Is that Talbot? No, Molina. Molina. Talbot's on bass. Steady, yeah. Steady, steady drums. No frills. Oh no, no Ma- frills. No, no frills. Right. <laughs> no frills. Uh, four no four beats. No frills. Yep. You know, kind of, kind of. It's not danceable necessarily. Yeah. Not slow danceable either. You know, yeah. kind of that mid-range. You can't mid-range do anything tempo. with it. You can't yeah. do anything with it. Um, and then the the bass also steady. What, what's the quote that he? Oh, I, well, I, I think it's a family podcast, right? Um, well, <laughs> the quote about Billy, big notes. Yeah, yeah. He he says Billy. He doesn't play a lot of notes, but he, when he plays them, they're they're big notes. I'll, Paraphrase. Okay. <laughs> Not a lot of notes, but big notes. <laughs> which is true. Which is true. I, I think I heard a, a few muffed notes in there. Yeah. As well. Oh, and yeah. It's still Leave it in. in the recording. Yeah. Leave it in. Yeah. And it, <laughs> so, it, and it is true. I mean, if you look at Neil Young, the solo album, he's working with this guy called Jack Nitsche, and it's, it's like very produced overproduced and so there's a real strange yeah overdubs and so i think harmonizing it's a real break from trying to be technical and trying to be you know you know well orchestrated and put together it's just straightforward it is what it is do do you think this whole album was it just recorded basically live in the studio like everybody everybody in the room playing together at once there's definitely there's a song on that album called round and round which is an acoustic song and you can hear that one was all live and you can hear the backup vocals kind of getting louder and then fading out and it's because they were kind of swaying back and forth (laughs) towards the mics he was still doing overdubs i think it, this time, but I think most of it has been live. Uh, he and he just got rid of overdubs completely uh, as he started getting further along, especially with the Crazy Horse stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, perfect, it that, perfect way to start the Golden Album. Yeah, yeah. very, very well done. And I'm, thank you for letting me hear 
that first part of that solo. Yeah. I, my 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 entry into to Neil was not through Brian. It was through my older brother Josh, who had the decade album and. As a little kid, I'll talk more about it in my selection, but I remember him showing me down by the river and saying, listen to this guitar solo. Isn't it so amazing? And and because, we, uh, you know, like I I remember at a young age and for my brother, just like this, there was like an audacity to the the solo of like <laughs> how, you know, just that one, playing note one note over and yeah. over again. And he does it in Cinnamon Girl, of course, but... but uh, that just da na 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 na. Well, there's the, just the there's it's not hurried at all. It's not yeah. scripted. It's just it. There's lots of room to breathe there, yeah. and it just takes its time. That I can, I won't do it, but I can actually as a party trick. I can sing, sing every solo. note of the, of the solo. It. And then uh, <laughs> if you want a good clip later on, uh, Bradley Cooper on the Tonight Show uh, yeah. does a whole uh, air guitar yeah. uh, <laughs> performance of that solo. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. That's good. I I do have distinct memories of driving around with you, <laughs> and I'm sure it, it was that song, but other Neil Young songs as well. Um, and basically, we would we would be auditioning to join Crazy Horse. We're like, I think we could make it. Yeah, you know, we'd be singing along. We'd be, Why isn't Neil hiring us to be on this album? (laughs) That's the other thing about Crazy Horse. It makes like rock stardom seem attainable. (laughs) It's 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 the Larry Bird effect. I think we've talked about this. Like you see this guy, you're like, I kind of look like him. I could probably do that. Let's hear his voice. I can kind of sing. Well, that yeah, I mean, that speaks to people who are influential too. I mean, people are influential for different ways, you know, and there's some, some of those stars that, you know, you kind of hear and you're like blown away and you aspire to be. But I think like in the same way, punk kind of energized a lot of people. Cause they're like, all you needs a guitar and three chords or one chord, you know, and if it, and heart, you know, or, yeah. en- you know, energy gumption, whatever. That's right. all. You, it's all you need. And that's Neil, Neil provides that for this, this certain genre or area. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. Probably Absolutely. why he was an early embracer of punk as well. Like, isn't isn't Russ Never Sleeps like his his response to? Yeah, I mean, there's a Johnny Rotten reference there, yeah. and I think uh, he was. I mean, new wave too. I, I don't want to get into like mo- most yeah. of the most of the seventies artists like punk was ushering them out. Yeah, but Neil's like, hey. Well, it's cool. Let's, <laughs> let's I know DIY. I know yeah. there's a, Keep it simple. a hot debate about the proper classification of Devo, but I, I think that <laughs> he was hanging out with those guys a lot right around that rush. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, he right. made a movie with them. He did make a movie with them. <laughs> did we ever yeah. see that? No, that that it's is still yet to be channel. screened in my backyard. And uh, Brian, you'll get an invite, and uh, we got to do that I, this I, summer. I've I got to. I've got the Blu-ray. If oh, the Blu-ray, perfect. It was re-released. Yeah, that was probably a boot. Like VHS, or that we watched. it was a legitimate purchase. That re- oh. reprise actually released it with Warner Brothers. Okay. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I had to mail order it, but <laughs> I think it was one of one of thirty copies sold. You, you okay, song one. Uh, <laughs> four more hours to go. I don't think let's that see. noon exit is happening. Let's let's, uh, let's keep rolling. So uh, we we were graced by the presence of, of Will moments ago. Um, Last week, we're driving around in in the car, and, and I mentioned that this podcast is coming up, and just to get a feel from the youth right. of this generation, I said, so what, what questions should we talk about 
Like, what questions do you guys have about Neil Young, and what would be interesting to you to talk about? <laughs> what do the kids want to know yeah. about Neil and, Young? <laughs> and Will's response immediately was, "Why does he exist?" <laughs> <laughs> That's that's better than who is he? Yeah. (laughs) And I would, you know, putting words into his mouth, I would assume, like, why is he famous? Or why why do people like him so much? That kind of thing. But why does he exist? Also a valid question, (laughs) which maybe maybe we'll get to hints at. Maybe Neil covers that himself in some of his, in some of his work. I don't know. We can we can elaborate on that as as the episode goes on. Why does Neil exist? Why do any of us exist? What does he have to say about that? Maybe that's talked about in in my pick. Um, I'm gonna go. You you introduced us to the horse and that side of Neil. I'm gonna go the other side, the acoustic side. Um, this one is from the album Zuma. This is probably. Probably my favorite of his acoustic songs, of which he has a ton of really gorgeous stuff. Um, this is Pardon My Heart from uh, from Zuma. It's a sad communication With little reason to believe When one isn't giving When one pretends to receive You brought it all on Oh, but it feels so wrong That the horse singing back up? It is, yeah. yeah. You can see their doo-wop roots there. Now we get a little bit of electric in here. Yeah. Who's playing this? It's Neil. It's a crazy horse. This is overdub? Yeah, probably. So, I know Neil doesn't seem to care about perfection in the, the studio as far as what notes are played. Right? I right. mean he's right. He, he 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 loves the the atmosphere. Loves playing with people, I think. He he likes the experience and recording that experience. They might do multiple takes and there's some songs that he's never released cuz he didn't feel like he got the right take. But um I think what he does care about is the the tone, like the sound of it, for sure. He cares about. I mean, he freaking founds his own like <laughs> MP3 player that can do it at high fidelity or whatever to yeah. to maintain that that resolution. Uh, this has got to be my favorite sound of an acoustic guitar. Yeah, in recorded history, there's something about. I mean, I, I love the way his his guitars sound on lots of recordings, but especially this one. It just has something to So that, that struck me when I was I was doing a, a deep dive this week. The homework for this one was like the my one of my favorite homework assignments I've given myself on this. And one of the conclusions I came to is that he he records the best sound of an acoustic guitar 
of, yeah. of anybody I've ever heard. He's really good with like dynamics. He he's he'll he hits the strings so hard sometimes. Yeah. Very on percussive. An, yes, on an acoustic guitar. But there is something so distinct, and he's just like this artist, not with technicality, not with not with notes, but with with sound, with dynamic, and it's just like with the atmosphere that he creates with it. It's it's yeah. really you got, incredible. You got to give credit to David Briggs, who was a longtime producer that they met in Laurel Canyon, and Briggs was involved in all these albums up to, I think, uh, Broken Arrow was maybe the last one. And I, I know a lot goes into capturing a sound like that. Like, it's it's the instrument, it's the room it's recorded in, it's the mics used, so whatever that combination is, and it's the playing. Yeah. Um, but it's, there's just this warmth and emotion to it that uh, it's got that that deep low end to it as well i it He's sounds got, like there's also an acoustic like an upright bass playing along because there there's some low notes in there that can't be yeah the acoustic guitar. that could be but it, he, he's got nice guitars i mean he's playing martin d45s or whatever it is and but like worn out with holes on him at the pit guard right yeah maybe maybe <laughs> maybe not during uh zuma time but well probably actually but now he the the guitar he plays a lot now is uh, hank williams old uh martin mm. yeah good tone yeah i like that and and just the song is killer got a great tune good good lyrics believe it or not he can write some good lyrics too yeah and i think <laughs> when, that, he, when he wants to and that song introduces a very common tuning for a lot of his songs with the drop d he usually tunes down a full step and then will drop the the, the e to match the, the d so it's like that low note mm. on the guitar is four steps turn turn down four notes down usually hang on mastodon yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's copying, copying Black Sabbath's tuning. Yeah, that could be. That could be. Okay. Is it to me? What do you got for Going around yeah. clockwise here. Um, well, I hope I can get this one in. Expecting to fly. It's, it's you know, it's Buffalo Springfield 67, I think, is it's on the released. But he does apparently perform it. It shows up on a couple live solo albums, I think, shortly after that, 67, 68. And, I mean, it's, I think it's a great foil to the, these first two tracks. I mean, it's kind of like, it shows you his breadth. It shows you that he's coming out of, like, psychedelic rock and this stuff. And, and to me, it's like, it's so distinctive. And it's not what I would think of as Neil Young. You know, I... I as a youth, you know, I'm I'm I think I'm the oldest one in the room, you know, so I'm 53, born in 69, so I'm the first Neil Young songs I remember are just like, you know, listening to rock radio in the 70s as a young kid on my clock radio and just hearing songs like uh yeah, Heart of Gold and Southern Man and stuff like that that really kind of roots rock down home kind of stuff or acoustic stuff. So anyway, I didn't discover this tune until, you know, my friend Mike Hicks, who's been on the podcast and this three CD set, he recommended I get uh, called psychedelic, psychedelic rock or no psychedelic era. I don't know. Anyway, it's a three CD set and it kind of had like British, you know, one CD was British, one CD was American, and then one CD was like, it called it album or FM. You know, it was like specific longer tracks that were kind of related to the 60s. But this was a track on that on that compilation. Uh, so that's how I discovered it. It wasn't by having a deep knowledge of Buffalo Springfield. But uh, anyway, 
Lo- love it. And uh, I guess we can get it in because he wrote yeah. the song. He sings yeah. it. He, he, it's obviously his his song. And he's he's got it on his own albums as well. Yeah. It's on Decade. And there's one, Archives Volume 1. Would this be a different recording of it? It might or? be a different recording. But it, it it is a Neil Young song. I mean, Buffalo Springfield was already falling apart. And this I don't know if anybody from Buffalo Springfield even plays on this track. You know, Beatles stuff in the air. You got pet sounds. It's there's this a was, lot, this a lot of that 19, thicker, richer yeah. production. 1967. So this is yeah. the uh, is this the first album that Neil is on? Mm, I don't. Is this the original Buffalo Springfield? Buffalo Springfield again? No. So that's their second album. Yeah. So the first album was a little more rock, just kind of straightforward rock from Buffalo Springfield, and then this is when they started. You know, experimenting a little bit, and Broken Arrow is another one that is like just trying to. I mean, <laughs> day in the life ripoff. That's mm. like a you know, poor man's day in the life. I mean, they're trying these, st- and they just. I don't know. I just feel like they kind of figured out they didn't quite have the chops, so they moved to the the crazy horse kind of mentality. <laughs> <laughs> that's my own. That's my own view. But this, this song is solid. No, I this is a solid. great song. Yeah, and it, and it was uh, it was featured in um, a movie called Coming Home, which was a really popular film oh. in the seventies and. Uh, it's this one is Jane Fonda. Yeah, Jane Fonda. Mm-hmm. It's funny the it that first part before it kind of got big, like bigger. That that first part you hear the exact same reverb that he's using in Harvest Moon. Yeah. still yeah. like in the nineties. It's yeah, and and this one is Jack Nitsche produces this. He later plays piano here and there in uh, in Crazy Horse, but he's. This is Jack Nitsche's fingerprints are all over this. I mean, he was an arranger, and I, he was collaborating with Neil Young pretty heavily at this time. 
a few things that you hear in this that you're not going to hear in any Crazy Horse album. Strings? <laughs> Strings. <laughs> String, any kind of those effects. Uh, the chorus is in 3-4 time. True. Can, can uh, Ralph Molina play anything besides 4-4? Four, four? I, 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 I don't know does, does he need to? I don't know if he I've heard it. He doesn't need to. No. Yeah. But, the the yeah. regular band is pretty subtle, but this is just a little thing from the interwebs. Engineer Bruce Botnick says they recorded it at Sunset Sound, and he said it was basically Neil and the Wrecking Crew. Uh, oh, that wow. would make a lot of sense. Yeah, so Carol Kay on bass, Russ Tillman on rhythm, Hal Blaine on drums, Donald Ra- Don Randy on piano. Yeah, hard to call it a Buffalo Springfield song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just one of these things floating around. It's like, well, we got to get it out there, so throw it on, I guess, huh? Well, and they were still... I think that he was already trying to record stuff for his first solo album, but they were still all tangled up, and they. I think they had a, a, a record deal to fulfill to get the Buffalo Springfield contract out. So, it, But they were... I mean, and then the... Well, the, we'll deal more with record deals to fulfill. Yeah. The, <laughs> again, again <laughs> as time goes But the on, last... Yeah. You'd see the last uh, cover of the last Buffalo Springfield album... Everybody in the band is facing one way, and Neil is facing the other way. And it was everybody says that that was kind of like a a subtle representation of how things were going. Mm. She also not wearing shoes. And- Abbey Road. I was going to say <laughs> <laughs> it all goes back to the Beatles. Right. All right, hand off to Jason. Yeah. Oh, okay. I feel so much pressure now. Um, <laughs> I could go a couple different directions. I think this will be somewhat, somewhat personal. Like, I mean, we easily could just make like a greatest hits. We've uh, we so far, we've well, I'll just stop. I'll tell. Uh, this is probably a good companion kind of like um, song for the one Brandon pick. Pardon my heart. This is uh, this is not a crazy horse. I think I'm going to pick the first Neil Young solo album entry uh, so far. I'm going to go The Needle and the Damage Done from from Harvest. This is in my top five Neil Young songs. It's it's heavy content-wise. I think he was responding to his uh, crazy horse guitarist uh, struggle with with drugs. And this is his, his kind of warning. And then I think the same year he released this didn't didn't his guitarist end up yeah dying? it's danny witten the yeah. guy who was playing rhythm on down by the river and then uh bruce berry uh, roadie for csny right around that same time period so it's it i think it illustrates young's uh ability with with lyrics with with communicating very clearly it's uh, it highlights his really good sound on his guitar and it's just a, it's a great song still a great song Knocking at my cellar door I love you baby Can I have some more Ooh, the damage done I hit the city And I lost my band 
I watched the needle take another man Gone, gone, the damage song because I love the man I know that some of you don't understand milk blood to keep from running out I've seen the needle and the damage done a little part of it in everyone but every junkie's like a setting sun I don't know what it is. It gives me good, that that That's final the the period on the at the end of the set is every junkie's like a setting sun just gives me goosebumps. If I close my eyes, I can picture like several versions of Neil Young. Like there's the version of him standing holding old black, like trying to blow up my eardrums. <laughs> there's the there's the version of him like looking you know very scruffy, inventing grunge, and then there's the version of him like always kind of looking like an old guy sitting on a stool, pouring his heart out into an acoustic performance. And this is like old guy on a stool, acoustic performance. Um, it's a, a simple, the whole thing is simple. And then there's just layers and layers of, of depth in it. I love it. It's it perfect, perfect uh, representation of what he does really good. Yeah, it's a it. That's a goosebump song for yeah. sure. And I the lyrics. This is some of his best work. I have always loved that line, "Milk blood to keep from running out." That is just like somehow that just punches you in the gut, and it just paints an image for you. And and it's tough. I I've never been positive that I understand the full timeline, but the the story is that Witten was traveling out and participating in the harvest sessions, and he just couldn't he couldn't keep it together that they like he couldn't hold his guitar and neil gave him some cash and sent him back to la and he over overdosed soon after that on heroin interesting that with this song like it's it's one of his well-known ones yeah makes it on a lot of compilations and yet there's no studio version of it recorded no anything that we have of it like this one from harvest is live yeah Mm -hmm. yep um but also part of his part of his aesthetic like yeah he's a lot of these songs are just captured in a moment and that's how how he wants it yeah i'm sure preserved. he figures how how would he capture a better a better moment than in the yeah. studio than than the one he's well, got and the mm-hmm. thing that's interesting is this does not show up in his live performances i mean he's done it here and there but it's not a staple i mean there are songs that just probably one he doesn't show- want to play very well much. yeah you It'd wonder too, about that but it's too much yeah but it is one of the more well-known ones that just does not show up in live sets we haven't talked about his voice i don't think and that's something that I you love his voice. How, I think, how beautiful it is. Yeah, how beautiful it is. <laughs> the but elephant in the room. It's the uh <laughs> it's such a distinct thing and it's when people don't like Neil Young, 
it's it's a lot of times like oh that voice yeah. I can't yeah. you know but I've uh, that, that was Will's other question right. his his follow up question was. Why does he have that voice? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, why is he? And why does he have that voice? To, just to just me, as the, God made him. The voice, it goes back to kind of what Steve was saying, like the punk aesthetic and the kind of like, hey, just kind of do like do your thing. Like use your voice. Be yourself. The kind of, whether it's DIY or authenticity, same with his guitar playing, same with his just whole aesthetic. Like his voice is what it is. He sings it unapologetically. I, and the, always, voice, the voice is, was an issue with Buffalo Springfield, too. I mean, yeah. he would write songs and the producers wouldn't have him sing. And right. that was, was some of the frustration for I, him. I've, I've always admired, because I'm, I'm too self-conscious, I've always admired mediocre singers, like in any setting, that are willing to sing with their whole heart. Oh, like, yeah. like they don't care what yeah. what they, they sound like, what it. anybody else thinks. There's something so like admirable, so brave, and so authentic about it. And it's the thing I'm I'm still not just not willing to do. I gotta yeah. get to that point. He's he's I think he's above average like he can harmonize. He can. Yeah. He he can do some cool things, but there is like this Borderline, and he loves harmonizing. Borderline yeah, like whininess yeah. to it. it. It's but he sings so hard. Yeah. Like it's is he doesn't care. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a confidence. It's kinda people I've heard people say like Kermit the Frog or what you know, it's like a thin but but the 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 like this is who I am kind of you know it kind of once you if you're a neil young fan then you just love it well yeah for me it's just amazing it's a it adds to the whole because it's otherworldly man i mean it it sounds alien in some ways to me and so some of the kind of more psychedelic lyrics and stuff like that the voice is a a perfect voice yeah yeah Yeah. well let me segue with this voice into my pick because the first song really i heard a lot um from my brother was from the same album. In fact, the the A side to this one from the single, um, "Old Man," and I remember hearing this song and um, as a and, and just be, being struck by the voice and thinking it was funny, but then just loving the song. And this was my kind of Neil Young connection early until my, when I joined BMG. The first album, <laughs> one of the first albums I bought of my initial eight was "Decade" for Neil Young, and I only knew. Same. Old man, and I think maybe I knew, you know, Heart of Gold or Southern Man or a couple others or Cinnamon Girl. I knew Cinnamon Girl because that was the one I would listen to and think about. I wonder who she is out there. <laughs> but, uh, but old man, Neil's voice. He was. You felt some stirrings within yeah, your. I was a young man, and I was your... like, "Yeah, Neil, I need someone to love me the whole night through too." Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa! What is zero to sixty there? Huh? Hey, when you're, you know, twelve, thirteen years old, and ordering stuff from BMG for the first time, you're like, yeah. Romances in the air. Yeah, let's hear Old Man from Harvest. (laughs) Old man, look at my life. I'm a lot like you were. Old man, look at my life. 24 and there's so much more Live alone in a paradise That makes me think of two Love lost such a cost Give 
me things that don't get lost Like a coin that won't get tossed Rolling home to you James Taylor on the banjo? Yeah. Also say like I was never I was very anti country music and yet I was loving all this stuff and so eventually when I realized I I liked some country music I realized oh Neil Young the whole time had all these flavors of country in his stuff that I loved that, that was one of the things I was gonna mention as well as this one highlights like he is known like he has these things he's known for his acoustic he's known for his harmonizing he's known for his big distortion and reverb but he's also known for his his country influence and i think you have to say like if we're going to give him credit for inventing grunge does he get credit for inventing alt country even if you don't like that term like he did right yeah i would like we wouldn't have uh, wilco if we if we wouldn't have sunbolt we wouldn't have any of these if we didn't have neil i would strongly advocate for that position (laughs) he's got a strong bridge between the like the pure because it wasn't country country folks but it was yeah right it was like people who didn't like country music could like country music through neil yeah so this the, the old man so Neil, he was in Laurel Canyon, and then he moved to uh, Broken Arrow Ranch. And this song was written, uh, the caretaker that was living on the ranch. I can't remember the exact age, but I think the caretaker was 50, like, in his, his early the 50s. Old man, the old man was in his 50s? <laughs> oh, yeah. so just to, uh, Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah. was a, that was a sobering well, moment for me yeah. when I realized how old the old this man was, was. This was also the era, though, that, like, Wilford Brimley was, you know, in, in his cocoon. 50s when he was in Cocoon. So. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. He looked 90, but he was 51. Yeah. 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 People just aged quicker it, then. It reminds me of the, the Onion headline, Old Man Son. Old man. <laughs> when the when the back to that song when the drums come in the simplest like doom 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 but it's so satisfying like Neil's songs to me the simplest drums like Brandon said but when they come in they just are like that's exactly what needs to happen thank you that's it you know it's just beautiful well this is also a good example of how he how it alternate between backup bands so this one isn't like a standard one that that was often on albums maybe he put some of the personnel back together for harvest moon yeah they came back for that yeah um but yeah these are like he'll he'll play with the horse and then he'll play with these very accomplished musicians oh yeah I mean, this was, I think this was Nashville. I mean, this was like the heart of country recording where, you know, the A-game was going yeah. on for sure. You got you got the steel guitar. You got ben Lin- Keith. Linda yeah. Ronstadt on yeah. backing vocals. Yeah. So he, yeah, he can, he can play with all kinds of people. Yeah. And all kinds of people like playing with him, I yeah. think. Or, or he can get lots of people to play with him. I don't, I don't yeah. know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> He's maybe not getting a lot of invitations to sit in with people. <laughs> the, the thing that I, that he, I was, he does want to be in charge. Right? Oh yes, yeah. Yes. But the, the thing that's interesting though, because I was wondering about the timeline. Like I really was 
thinking about this because he has played with so many people and I thought, well, yeah, that's what happens when you get famous. Like, but then when you go back, like on these early ones, like he, he was getting people very early on. Like yeah. people were still interested in, in being in the same, in the same studio with him for sure. So there was so, so I think it is a testament to the, the timelessness of, of what he does, even if you can't like put a perfect explanation on it, people have always seemed to want to be in the studio with him. Yeah. There's something magic. Yeah. And I get the feeling that people liked playing with him, that it was fun for them. Yeah, I think the playing was fun. It yeah. was what was going on. And <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the, the playing was over. Was it was, was maybe more trying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think there's been some drama in Neil's life. I think there have been what some was, bridges. What burned. was Mark Marin's words? He's got a weird frequency. He's a, yeah, he's got his own frequency. <laughs> his own frequency. Yeah. Yeah. He's got his own frequency, <laughs> which is true. So we've got round one. That's right? scary. Yeah. Are we are we up for round two? <laughs> I think we we're might up have for to, it. We might have to tighten it up a little bit on round two. I don't know. Is that what Neil would do? I don't. Maybe he would. <laughs> I mean, some of the songs are pretty tight. If pretty we're slow, if we're allowing if we're allowing Neil Young to guide guide we're into this. the second period, so it gets tighter, and then no. Yeah, so, I'm excited to hear yeah. Brian's next pick. Yeah. Well, it's not. Uh, this is the the struggle, right? I mean, I, there are yeah. songs that have to be on there, um, so I'm not picking really interesting songs right now that are kind of off go, the wall. Not going to get landing on water just yet. Not not just yet. Um, so it, just because it has to be on there and we have skipped after the gold rush, we got to do after the gold rush. Okay. It's uh, right after everybody knows this is nowhere, I believe. And it's this is a kind of, we were talking about how he ping pongs, like this is... Uh, a solo Neil Young album, but there, there's one, I think at least one song with Crazy Horse folks on it, but it's kind of a, a mix of folks. Uh, he starts playing the piano more right around this time, so uh, this is kind of the first album that has, I think, kind of him doing solo piano stuff. And the interesting backstory, maybe it ruins the song if you, you learn the backstory, sometimes it does, <laughs> but... Uh, this song was inspired by a, a now lost screenplay uh, hmm. that was written by Dean Stockwell, who you may remember is playing the hologram on Quantum Leap. Yeah, uh, he was a staple in Laurel Canyon at the time, <laughs> and he had this screenplay, and he was trying to get Neil to back it and do the soundtrack for it. So, this the, the movie was going to be called After the Gold Rush, and it inspired this song. Nice. Well, I dreamed I saw the knights in armor come and saying something about a queen. There were peasants singing and drummers drumming and the archers split the tree. There was a fanfare blowing to the sun that was floating on the breeze Look at Mother Nature on the run in the 1970s Look at Mother Nature on the run in the 1970s So 
we're, we're trying to tighten it up, so yeah. I'll, I'll try to, you know, wrap it up on this one. But this is a staple in his live shows from the time this album comes out to present. Mm-hmm. And he he's always updated it from the 1970s to the 1980s oh, to the 90s to the 21st in, in, in the live. 21st century. <laughs> it's still relevant. And I think this is uh, one of the first appearances, lyrically, if not the first appearance of this environmental kind of thing theme that mm. runs he's kind of got this like uh you know spirit kind of thing that's going on more generally but this is the first i think uh, explicit kind of environmental concern message that he, you know, that he expresses so maybe is that all thanks to dean stockwell i think it, it, uh, yeah the hologram as i refer to him <laughs> i think everybody refers to him as that yeah brian how many times have you seen neil young live I don't know. Ballpark. Uh, uh, probably 15. Amazing. I've seen him in Seattle, um, San Francisco, Hollywood, Phoenix, Dallas, <laughs> Las Vegas, Boise, Salt Lake, and Minneapolis. Did you go to Dallas and Minneapolis just to see him? I happened to have family living in those cities when he was doing tours when he was not coming to Salt Lake. Same with the the Phoenix and Boise shows and Seattle show. (laughs) Yeah. Very nice. Family. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Air quotes. (laughs) That's a great song. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that one's on there. There are, are songs on that album that I like better. But we we also got to have the solo piano in there too. Yeah, and I like the again kind of the environmental yeah. appearance of that because it's so prevalent in all of yeah. this stuff. But there are some that is a solid Cho- yeah. album. Choosing a song from that album. <laughs> he just released a fifty fiftieth anniversary, yeah. and it's just I listened to it all the way through for the first time in a long oh, time, and it is there's, solid. There's three other tracks on that. Yeah, fiftieth anniversary. Yeah, it's. A, I'm glad you picked it too. In, in terms of the environmental message, I think uh, a big thing about Neil we haven't mentioned is he had some of his best hits were very topical, kind of political message um, songs. Yeah, and I I, I won't. I'll, I'll stop talking in a second. But like, I think this is. Neil at his best too lyrically. I he's just become, in my view, the lyrics have gone downhill in terms <laughs> of quality. It, it becomes sloganeering, and it's just this is where he does a good job of weaving it into something that's a little more abstract, and that's where less heavy-handed. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just I think it's more effective. Yeah. Awesome. Oh boy. Brandon's oh boy. Up. Boy. Oh boy. Yeah. Where oh are you going to take us? I don't know. We haven't gotten out of the 70s yet. Nope. No, we haven't. Um, we can stay there a little longer. I, this is the first one Brand has really taken a, like, a heavy responsibility for. I mean, sometimes he comes in, he's like, that doesn't mean he I haven't, even, I haven't even listened to the songs. But I, I, do, I do appreciate how... Uh, I've, been, I've been researching this one for three years. How heavy this responsibility yeah. is weighing on you. <laughs> Well, there's one that I want to play, but it feels kind of odd to play it without, because this, this is as he's coming out of his 80s phase. Yes. 
the reemergence and it it doesn't feel Do right I, if we don't experience something from the eighties, but nobody <laughs> wants to put any of that as their pick, right? There, I have an eighty. I have, I have an eighties song. I, I can throw. Why don't in. we? Uh, why don't we have you uh, go last uh, this round and see if someone else does an eighties? I think I've got an eighties sure. pick. Okay, let's uh, let's come back to me then. <laughs> well, okay. just, just so we can, you know. Present the story, and it's yeah. <laughs> I feel like you and Brian kind of need to be batting clean up on the different rounds because to to just make sure Cur- curate. curate. I don't. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think this well, is look, just look, how it goes. I yeah. hinted, I hinted at this in some text pre here, but you know, another song that hits my mind is Mister Soul, which I love, but. I, I want to do the trans version. Nice. Let's do it. Let's because, do it. And, and, which I like. And, yeah. and there's some really strange counter melodies that come in with that electronic voice in the, in the, yeah. in the second Let's verse. And, I like it. And I love the lyrics. You know, uh, the, these are interesting, abstract you know, kind I of like lyrics. It. And anyway. Okay. So, Mr. Soul. This, this was recorded originally with Buffalo Springfield in 67. Right. And then, what year was trans? 82. Yeah. So Steve has still only picked Buffalo Springfield songs. <laughs> Neil Young songs. <laughs> Neil Young. That he happened to be in a band with these other guys. And here's mm-hmm. one that's on an official Neil Young album. Yeah, that's from right. the 80s, right. which was fair, yeah. fair point, the, uh, fair point. You know, the gauntlet that was thrown down. <laughs> joy in his performance of this. He's so happy to be doing it this way. <laughs> it's like a mini Moog or something. Fat, fat Moog bass. Do you think he was inspired by the Talking Heads covering Take Me to the River to like come up with his his version of a of a... Okay, hey, don't talk over the, the my bad, melody. My bad, my bad. Or the harmonization. Those are, those are the only oh, nice. two different notes that that bass ever plays. Oh, but here's the guitar. <laughs> oh, key change. Nice. Key change. Nice. Accidental or on purpose? <laughs> you never know. Well, was David Briggs involved in producing this album? I don't know. Uh, weirdly, that's a perfect Rick's picks. I like. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. You, I'm glad you picked it. Yeah. 
I wonder what the New Wavers thought of Neil putting out this album. I'm sure they thought he, uh, they probably I, thought he was a poser. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but were, wasn't that their aesthetic? Is like, we're all posers? I mean, wasn't that the New Wave thing? That was what was cool. Well, we know Devo like guy's so lame. He's so authentic. Get that out of here. <laughs> David Briggs was a producer on Trance. He, I think he, he did just about every album, I think. I really did have weird flashbacks to the, the Talking Heads Take Me yeah. to the River. Like, it, it does it does feel like a yeah. similar attempt, a similar yeah. swing. I like the, the use of the word attempt there. <laughs> I think that's accurate. <laughs> uh, so, I like it. Well, was this album or this song something you were aware of at, at, at the time in 1982? Absolutely not. I mean, it's like that, you know, as you guys are talking about. I'm guessing his. his Neil Airplay Young and kind of all tanked. the Laurel Canyon people and James Taylor playing. I think it's like it really like every, we all have our I guess our you know blind spots. And for me, it's like all you know even Dylan. It's like Dylan, Neil Young, James Taylor. I just have not spent hardly any time with a lot of these artists. And part of it was that you know I I just take a deep breath, Brian. As a really young <laughs> as a as a young person, you know I was I heard. The, the the big hits of these people, uh, you know, growing up in the seventies and just listening to the radio. But then when I, you know, was finally just and computer age was not a big hit. <laughs> well, by this playing. time though, I was he, he was, I was kind to of the real version of it. Yeah, but by this time I was kind of coming into my own and realizing my own musical tastes, which were veering in a direction of like punk and new wave. And and I eschewed, uh, you know, country and all kind of right. like you were saying, Jordan. And it's folk like I, and country. I wouldn't and... have. Yeah, I was like, no, this this is not yeah. cool or interesting Wasn't or whatever. Cool anymore. And so it's only in my you know later adult life that I've kind of been going back to sort of fill in those gaps and read and discover people and spend time with them that I haven't had. So, but so the, anyway, <laughs> trans is not getting radio yeah. play. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, <laughs> No. And in fact, I mean, this is kind of this is the the dark years for you know, he goes back to Geffen, he, the shocking pinks. Everybody's rocking. Shortly after this, he does everybody's rocking, and he's got a song called Payola Blues. I never hear my record on the radio, and it's like, well, maybe. <laughs> Maybe it's kind maybe of, more maybe people don't want to hear it on the on the radio. It's like the the fact that this trans record exists is kind of a testament <laughs> to how much like new wave and electronic stuff took over everything that was cool. So that even Neil Young, who was a cool guy, is just like I can't do my thing. I have to do the thing that's cool. Like, there, there's that. I think there's yeah, also even, a even very, Metallica had an album where they're like. All synthesizers yeah. and saxophones, right? I, I think there's I also actually, a yeah. generous interpretation, though, that he, as a lover <laughs> of sound, yeah. if that's the sound that's in the that's in the environment Let at the time, as this. a lover Let of sound, experiment. he's going. Oh, I'd like to try that. But, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, think I don't know. I don't know enough about Neil Young or have opinions to think that he was somehow inauthentic or just trying to sell out. I, I do think there there has to be some aspect of him being an artist, an ex- exploratory artist that yeah. wants to try stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, well, you know. a big part of this album was trying to communicate with his son. Yeah, right? I was going to say I don't know how far to go in the weeds on it, but it, this was kind of a concept album that he was trying huh. to push with the record label, and he was even trying to do a film associated with it he 
yet. I love how he wants to do films with everything. Yeah. That's awesome. He, I mean, he's done a lot. Shaky, he's, shaky Ber- pictures. Bernard yeah. Shaky. That's his, uh, his, 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 pen, name. his pen name. We've got to have a, film, a Neil Young Film Festival and just go like eight hours straight. Of, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Buckle Brian, up. Brian, bring down, bring down the films. And we'll just... I've got, I, find, I actually have Journey Through the Past now, even. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. There's, there's I'm some, glad you some gems. this one, Steve. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. Good. You got to get the 80s. I mean, that, this yeah. is yeah, a you perfect get way to do it. But as you're saying with the with the son, yeah, he had a uh, son with cerebral palsy, and this is he was trying. They were going through all these like uh, programs trying to figure out how to communicate effectively, and so the concept was basically like trying to use technology to find some sort of way to con- connect and communicate wow. on a human level. So now I feel guilty about making fun of in my brain of Transformer Man because you you saying that like it instantly put a whole new meaning on the lyrics of that right song but like it now it's heart, it's heartwarming instead it of cheesy is, but there's the you know there's the long-standing debate in art of how much does the artist need to go to the audience versus they expect the audience to come in right i mean you shouldn't have to read a biography to to have warm feelings about transformer yeah. man <laughs> uh. You can see I've moved. I used to be an apologist for Neil Young. Now I'm just an evangelist. Yeah. <laughs> see, there was a time in my life when I would go to the mat defending Transformer Man. Yeah. <laughs> but now yes. it's like the archives like, no, you have been don't opened. Know. Every, everybody knows. <laughs> hey, he was exploring. Everyone makes mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, you want you want it all out in the out in the sunlight, huh? You do. So it's all on the table. You're That's not right. you're nothing to hide. Nothing right. to this hide. can be our uh, our eighties interlude. Yeah. Uh, does anyone else have an an eighties pick that they wanted to include? Yeah, I do. Let's it's see. a little bit of an eighties cheat. It's the end of the eighties, and it's right down the middle. And I kind of hate myself for picking it, but it also has to be on there. It's rocking in the free world. Oh man, let's hear it. Well, let's. Let's it's not here. But, it, but I don't think to... it's properly representative of his 80s. Yeah. I, I think that's, this is the beginning of the, that's the not what I, transition. What I just the just if era. anyone else had something from, you know, landing on water or <laughs> something like that that they want to play. No. I mean, I, I could, but I, but I won't. Okay. So we... Another funny thing about, about this era, which, which album did it start with? His Geffen, his issues with Geffen. The issues? Obligations. Um, I think it was probably around. Was was it trans? Was trans? Reactor trans was, was the one Geffen before this. Said, um, I, d- I just remember he like yeah. had some contractual obligation to oh, release yeah. a certain number of albums, well, and he was sick of it. Well, and he had he released the album Life, which is the cover is a prison cell with like the the. <laughs> tick marks was and it that? was yeah and it was how many albums he oh. had to do to get to satisfy his Maybe contract that was the last one yeah and that way and that had That's the song awesome. prisoners of rock and roll and uh-huh. it's like he's talking about that the record company so so during this time he releases reactor which has um maybe the best lyrical his his lyrical heights for with, the 80s with this with all time with the song t-bone 
<laughs> it's a it's a really fascinating it's the weirdest crazy horse album right no <laughs> Let's should, we, hear it. should we pull up the lyrics to t-bone oh, oh here we go should we just play this song yeah oh, you, you're gosh. gonna force brian to turn is back this, into an apologist is this going on the golden record <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. this is your choice then right no because we skipped you <laughs> no 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 yeah, this is your choice this is not my choice we're, we're trying to, to get out of here today I'm just, you gotta I'm just making the public so curious <laughs> now that's not my pick but oh, we gotta gosh. we gotta just those hand claps <laughs> There's so many weird overdubs on this album, like on all the other tracks, too. I hear a little Devo influence on this. Yeah. Yeah. The the entire... This was 1981. The entire lyrical content of that song is Got Mashed Potatoes, Got Mashed Potatoes, Ain't Got No (laughs) T-Bone. And, and how long is Nine it? minutes, 13 seconds. <laughs> and I remember this is one of the albums that was not released on CD initially. Right, right. And so I I think I got the the LP of this for you as a present sometime. Yeah, yeah. And we pull out the, the sleeve, and it's got all the lyrics written out. And it doesn't say, like, repeat five times. It has it all. It takes the whole column all the way down. Got mashed potatoes. Got mashed potatoes. Ain't got no T-bone. Do you think Crazy Horse were willing participants in that album? Were, like, were they happy know. or were they kind of like they're probably uh, like, hey, let's experiment. We've been let's do something different. I don't know. <laughs> I would have liked to have been a fly it's on the wall. It's such a weird Crazy Horse <laughs> album. It's by far the the oh, most un-crazy un, un horse crazy horse album yeah so so they've got that one they got trans with all his computer stuff they, then he does everybody's rocking rockabilly his rockabilly yeah he's got landing on water which his, who knows what he's yeah. trying there crap he's got <laughs> he's got old ways which is like his straight up country album and it was somewhere around there that geffen records sued neil young for not sounding like Neil Young. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. They, he was he accused was like of that. making <laughs> records that are not representative of Neil Young. That's, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> literally the accusation yeah. was yeah. that he didn't sound like himself. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. that's Bonkers. a big part of why he was doing all this other stuff. He was like, stick it to them. He's like, well, they, they're trying to force me to to be authentic from their perspective. So I'm going to the story. Experiment. Yeah, the story right. with the everybody's rocking was that the record label demanded a rock album. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he turned in. Everybody's rocking. Here it is. It's got rock in the title. Yeah, how, how can you argue with so The people want to hear it. The Who were the shocking pinks? I don't know, man. They showed up for this. Ad- like, It's not the same players in other groups. Like, I are mean, they just randos? Yeah, and there was a group he played with called the Ducks. That I don't think they ever recorded. I don't know. Maybe some of the guys from that were in the Shocking Pinks, but I don't know where they came from. But I will say, so I... Because they're credited on the cover. It's Neil yeah, Young it's and, the, Neil Shocking Young and the Shocking Pinks. And I, I, when I went to that show in, uh, in Minneapolis, it was the Broken Arrow Tour. I'll never forget this. There were these two older guys sitting next to me i'm like 18 just like eating up everything neil young has ever done and these guys are talking they're like yeah, i haven't seen neil young forever and the guy goes yeah the, who knows what we're gonna get <laughs> he, goes, he goes the last time i saw him he came out in pink suits and they did rockabilly for an hour 
<laughs> and I, I turned to these guys and I was like, you saw the shocking pink score? <laughs> <laughs> Look at me like I'm crazy. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. That's awesome. All right, okay. Brandon, pick number two for you. Yeah, Let's hear pick it. number two. So this is, <laughs> this is on it. his way uh, out of the 80s. Uh, this is from the album This Note's For You. Uh, Neil Young and the Blue Notes, is that what That's he called right, the, yeah. the backup band? Yeah. Um, I guess it started in some of the live songs where he'd have, was it uh, Poncho that would play the saxophone? I don't think it was Poncho. Maybe it was. I don't know. Or somebody, maybe they had some guitar tech or someone that would play saxophone, but he ended up liking it. And so he wanted to do basically a blues album. And he, um, they started recording it. And he ends up firing Ralph Molina right oh. away. He's like, my rhythm section's got to gotta go. This is Coupe DeVille from This oh, Note's this For You. This is good. understated Neil Young recording ever, right? Yeah. It got an on-the-beach kind of vibe, if you think yeah. about it. I hadn't thought about that until just... The, the slow versions of yeah. slow songs from that, yeah. And there are there are some upbeat songs on this oh, this album. Yeah. And there he released a, a, a live album from this time period that is... They were good. really good live. I mean, they would do... I don't know if this is just how they did the track listing or if this is how they would do the sets, but they'd basically do this notes for you, and then they would do like uh, some of his other stuff. And it was... They were good live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the title track, This Notes For You, is... It's famous. That, that's the famous one. It had a music video that... that it won. Uh, it won. First, MTV refused to play it because... Michael Jackson threatened they, a lawsuit. Yeah, they banned it from it. They banned it from MTV, and then it ended up winning like, video of the this year. This is too rebellious for MTV. We can't show something that makes fun of corporate. <laughs> well, they had a corporate par- sellout. They, yeah, they had a parody of Michael Jackson's hair starting on yeah. fire, and, but he wasn't the only one lampooned. Yeah. Mean, but. but the the song itself is basically a cover of T Bone. <laughs> Musically, like I think all the chords are the same and the melody. He's, so that that's a thing I noticed. He has like three or four riffs that show up in ten songs. Oh, and he he's done like a, on Sleeps with Angels. He's got there are two songs that are the exact same music, yeah. but it's just different. <laughs> seriously. Okay, there we go. Coupe Deville from. 
This note's for you, 1988, which leads us right into Jason's pick. There you go. Throw it on there. Rocking in the free world. It's right down the middle. I feel guilty for picking it, but it belongs there. I think it illustrates that that element of danger. This feels like him coming out of the gates from his uh, his contract disputes, ready to light the world on fire again with rock and roll. And I do love he has always been like, you know, Brian's an evangelist for Neil Young. Neil Young's an evangelist for just rock and roll and music. He, he does it, uh, it really authentically. And this is like, this is such a great anthem for just how kick-ass rock and roll is. Mm-hmm. not Melina on drums, right? No. No. It gives it away right there at the transition. <laughs> the, the, the fill? <laughs> the, the transition. No fill? Yeah. The, the fact that there was a transition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's classic song. Got to be on there. It's a very straightforward rock song. It does have a, a Neil Young solo, but it does capture. He does this thing. I don't know how else to describe it other than like a. Like he's he just yeah. he's the master of it. It's so good, and he he captures it perfectly in this. Radiohead's creep would not exist without this song. Probably not. There's a lot of songs I don't think that would in the '90s. And he had that famous um, performance we talked about from the the Video yes. Music Awards. Oh yeah, that he did with Pearl Jam. <laughs> And he breaks a string during his solo. He's he is so into the performance. He breaks a string in his solo, and he's still like he's. It looks like he's trying to bend his guitar neck. And yeah. Eddie Vedder looks like he's in heaven. And at that point, <laughs> I had fallen out of love with Pearl Jam because in my mind they got too popular. And that was the moment where I was like, I was like, no, maybe these guys are all right if Neil Young likes him. And that performance was so transcendent. Like you, I could watch that performance right now still. And have goosebumps. Yeah, I had that on VHS, and I would watch it over and over again. And he, on this one, I mean, there's a couple interesting things about this. First of all, not Crazy Horse, but Frank Poncho San Pedro gets co-writing credits. Really? Because he actually came up with Keep On Rockin' in the Free World. It was something he said on a tour bus one time. <clears throat> and then this was uh, one of people, people, put it in one of the top ten 
on you see it on top ten lists for best live performances on Saturday Night Live. And they Conor, Conor O'Brien is on record saying it's his yeah. favorite live and, performance and, ever. And what Neil Young did, well, he, he had was a writer. he had a treadmill in backstage. He was he hated doing show like doing one song on shows because he was just like you can't. You, there's no groove. There's no energy. So what he did for that performance, he was running on a treadmill <laughs> right before he went out on stage to, so that his heart rate would be pumping that up and he'd amazing. be all energized. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, Jordan. All right, my round two pick. So I, I did not know. I knew some of the songs from Decade, but I was not an album connoisseur of, of Neil. I had Decade, and mm-hmm. I loved that. And then I had a, 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 a mixed CD that a friend gave me and a few things like that. But um, then about five years ago, another artist I liked did a covers album, and one of the covers was a Neil Young song I had never heard. So I mean, And I loved the version of it from this, this artist. Who's this artist that you like? Obviously, Bonnie Prince Billy. I'll answer. <laughs> Nicholas Kurgovich. Vancouver artist, very he's like uh, Mount Erie, yeah, friend, friend of friend of Mount Erie, a stage name. But those two, those two, now that they've been brought up, they are very much in the lineage of Neil, the the authentic and yet somehow it works artists. Anyway, not necessarily the best voice, but so anyway, this song is from. Harvest Moon. The uh, song is "Dreaming Man," and I love I love the song. I love the cover by Mr. Kurgovich, but I love Neil's version as well. And I'm picking this one also because we just spent our time in the '80s, and so we're kind of mm-hmm. branching. R- out. Really important album, like in his yeah, in his uh, and or, or maintaining his place in right. in pop culture. Yeah, chronologically, this this is 1992. Uh, so this is the height of the the grunge era, and he he releases his uh, you know his harkening back to to harvest his country countryish kind of album, which is not not what's going to get him the radio hits, and yet fantastic album. Probably probably did have. I'm guessing Harvest Moon got popular. Harvest Moon Harvest was Moon a big was, hit. Was, yeah. it, was, it was weirdly popular. Like yeah. people loved it. I still hear it played on yeah. like the 80s, 90s stations. Well, it was just in stuff. the movie too. The John Krasinski. What's the oh, yeah. the horror? The movie. Oh yeah. The, the, uh, with the, where you got to be quiet. quiet. The quiet place. Oh, quiet, quiet place. place. Remember, he's dancing it. with his wife. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll have they to put see in, it. They put in the earbuds, and it's like very. Pointing to this song, there have to be quiet. Right. Anyway, it, okay, Dreaming Man, Dreaming Man from from the album Harvest Moon. Yeah. my problem I can't tell when I'm not being real In the meadow dust I park my old star With a loaded gun and sweet dreams of you It's all right. 
What's that uh, kind of scrapey percussive instrument you hear? And that is weird. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's I a paint know. scraper. Paint scraper. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, nobody, I don't hear anybody playing the broom on this song. No. I the think broom is heavily featured on Harvest Moon, the title track. Correct. This was and, a, and you'll see close-ups of it in live performances, <laughs> the guy sweeping. Yeah, <laughs> sweeping. Like, this was a, a weird, an interesting album. It, uh, it transcended generations, it felt like, at the time. Um, and somehow, I'm, like, I'm thinking back to the discussion we had about... Um, Tom Petty and where Tom Petty's career kind of went wonky in the 90s where it felt like he was embraced by MTV. I think we had that conversation with with Dr. Hicks and um, it felt like Neil Young had a a moment like a crossroads moment where he easily could have done the same thing and made wacky videos that would have been on. He was this older generation guy but he didn't. Instead he went back to his harvest moon roots or his harvest roots and put this thing out and it weirdly transcended generations and i think it really endeared himself or endeared him in a really authentic way at that moment and kind of solidified the next phase of his career it locked up a mtv unplugged performance it did yeah yeah I was thinking about this album in conjunction with that Eric Clapton unplugged album yeah. that are like arrow wise very very similar and I think they had the same kind of generational multi generational impact. This has stayed relevant I think way longer than Clapton's did. I agree. But in the moment they both kind of just hit and and it was like one of the few things everybody seemed to agree on. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Will that have been around the same time as Nirvana's unplugged? Yeah. I think Neil's was a year or two before, but same era for sure. Neil Neil isn't one that you would think needed an unplugged album as much. I know. I remember Although being he, a little he surprised. Does, <laughs> he does do a few of the heavy songs as acoustic version, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, it's and something. Transformer Man. Yeah. He does Transformer Man. And it's the first uh, release of the song String Man, which had been around for years and years in live performances but that's the first time it shows up on an album so why why that song oh i guess because that's that's the one that was covered that you yeah i mean i don't i think partially aware of. yeah i've got my list of things there's other songs that i know more and that i that i even like a lot more i think that was my just like what's the what's after the 80s that i know in the 90s there's harvest moon i think i would have picked harvest moon as the song if it was like if I was going from what has to be on here in terms of the famous ones, but I went deep cut mm-hmm. of one that that I've appreciated that song, and then on the beach, both were songs that again in the last few years I heard and have like I've never heard this song from Neil Young mm-hmm. on the beach, especially I was I was sitting in my I was like listening to KRCL and it was on and I was it was I sat in the parking lot listening I didn't even know it was a Neil Young song because it was part of the instrumental part and i was listening for a long time and then i hear his voice and i'm like wait is this a neil young song and i listened to the whole thing like six minutes in the car like in the parking lot waiting to go to the grocery store because it was so good and i'm thinking why have i never heard this song mm-hmm. why isn't this on decade and why haven't i ever heard this one but um but yeah it's because it was limited to 30 tracks yeah <laughs> the deep cuts part, part of the doom trilogy right the ditch the, the ditch, trilogy. Yeah. ditch trilogy <laughs> yeah Okay, Brian. Oh, before before Brian goes next, I wanted to play this clip from when Co- when uh, Neil was a guest on Conan Brian's podcast. Oh, I haven't he, heard this. He's been a guest on the show multiple times. Yeah. 
and Conan's a huge fan. And yeah, this was uh, 2019, I think that, that Neil was on here. You, uh, you have, <laughs> you know what I love, and this is so many people have let their music be used by commercials, and you have said, "I don't want to do that. I don't want my music playing in a commercial." It's just something that happened. I don't know why. I just, I, I didn't want to do that. Everybody else. I mean, I'm sh- always shocked at the songs that I hear while someone's putting Nivea face cream on their face. Uh-huh. And, and then I hear blowing in the wind. And I think, what the hell happened? You know? It's you know, unbelievable. I don't know what happened. I just think that, I think everybody has their own way of dealing with what they've created. Some people really care a lot about it. And others are, they're moving on to the next thing and just moving on. Yeah. And combinations of those. So I, I don't know. What other people want to do, that's okay. I'm, I'm not against it. Well, I bring this up for a reason. I've been authorized by the Gold Bond <laughs> Medicated Powder Company oh my God. to license the song Heart of Gold. Oh. You would get $8,500. Mm. You need, as part of the deal, you need to sing it, and you need to sing it with the new lyrics. This is uh, a fine idea for somebody. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm just I'm putting that, I'm, and I get a six percent finder's fee. Man, that is yeah. a bargain. So I will talk to your. Uh, you seem very interested. I am. <laughs> this is very. It's uh, just I've been a minor for a part you of, broke this out. You know, like listen. On the show, I, I like to. I think this is a deal we could get done today, wow. and uh, we could get you in the studio. You recut it. It just means talking about gold bond medicated creams and powders. I'm going with it, man. It sounds like a great idea. Okay, it's, it's with. It's like in keeping with the way things. <laughs> it really is, actually. Well, and that going back to this notes for you. I mean, that's the whole theme of that song. Is yeah. that he's he's not singing for Pepsi. He doesn't sing for anybody. But then he'll show up weirdly on stuff. Like he went on Fallon with Fallon parodying him. Yeah. Like why? What made him choose to do that? Why did? Oh, who the hell knows? I, right. Right. And <laughs> it's so odd. Yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> Odd is the right word. He seems like he can laugh at himself, which is a, a Sometimes, good quality. He's a goofy guy. I mean, uh, like, if you watch that movie, Human Highway, I mean, he is just uh, uh, hamming it up and is just oh, an yeah. over-the-top goofball. I mean, he's just he's got a strange sense of humor. Yeah. I, do I have Human to, Highway. Do I have to pick? Yeah. It's your last pick, or, or oh, is Brian doing four? Because he's going to end yeah, it, we're, too. We're giving, okay. we're giving Brian the last, so last pick. Okay. But this is our last round. Starting our last round. Okay, this is if I have a curveball, this is going to be it because we're going back to the to the eighties for an album that has not made an appearance yet. Hawks and Doves, okay. and it, we're going with the track "Lost in Space." Great one. No, no introduction necessary. I think we just we just people just experience it. Lost in space I heard you were lost in space that's such a lonely place for you to be out of control singing with too much soul I heard you got out on parole working for the queen Gardening 
we have to get to the second verse, if that's okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a trip to the ocean floor here in a second. <laughs> So oh well, because I, I think Morrissey stole that for Big Mouth Strikes Again. I, I'm telling you, it's like the temptation is to use it through the whole song. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Just constantly the, the discipline awesome. to unleash it only in that one spot. <laughs> That's so great. It's, it's what you want. Like That's why that part of the tape is so worn out because you kept rewinding it. Yeah, <laughs> felt, felt like I was on the ocean floor. Nice, <laughs> seeing the creatures. Yeah, I love that song. Uh, and I, it, it, Hawks and Doves is a weird album because the first side. Oh, oh, hold on! <laughs> hey, we got some piano watch. Wait, is Neil Young upstairs right now? <laughs> yeah, and we'd like to welcome keys. special guest Neil uh, Young on the piano, <laughs> on the keys. <laughs> This is Brandon's character called Angry Dad. Right. It's a uh, it's a take on the Homer Simpson comic. Have to tell your kids to not play music, but hey, when you're how dare you play music? We're trying to talk about music. (laughs) 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 He has an important talking to do. Oh my god! Stop practicing. Oh jeez! Don't waste your time practicing. Listen to Neil Young. <laughs> Plenty of parenting tips for y'all here. <laughs> uh, Hawks and Doves is a very interesting album because it's it, and he did this a lot with albums where the first side was very much curated for side A and then side B. I mean, it was very purposeful. And in Hawks and Doves, it, it you know it's War and Peace. They, they've got uh, the first side is all kind of acoustic, very soft, mellow stuff, and the the B side is like over-the-top country, like, uh, jingoistic, patriotic songs. Um, it's really interesting. interesting. But this song, I, it is so odd. There is not another song, really, that is like this in his whole canon, I don't think. Uh, this this was one of the... Uh one of the benefits of being friends with, with Brian Watts <laughs> in, in the 90s is that... Um, the uh, the Neil compilation tapes that or the mixtapes that you'd make for us because you had access to the, these albums that were not released. Yeah, yeah. And th- this is one of them: On the Beach, Hawks and Doves, American Stars and Bars. Yeah, uh, a bunch of these albums that weren't weren't put out onto CD for whatever reason. Some, yeah. some maybe he was. 
Because On the Beach is a great album. Yeah. Was he just waiting for better it's quality, never, yeah, it's never been, high fidelity CD there, or something? There's but. never been a satisfying explanation for that. But they just they never got released. I remember we found On the Beach uh, in American Fork. Do you remember that? There was a, a record store in American mm-hmm. Fork, and we came back and listened to it at your house. It was brand new. Really? Wow. It, was, it had never been opened. And what the, were we doing in American Fork? We, they, like we were, I was calling around, and oh. they, got the, they had the record. <laughs> so we drove up there and got it. And the guy, I was like, he goes, you know, this is, seal's never been broken. I mean, this is in mint condition. And I was like, yeah, we're going to go listen to it. <laughs> and the guy was like... What? You're going to open that? And I was like, yeah, we're going to open that within the next hour. And we went back to Brandon's house and listened to it. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Fond, fond memories of getting to hear these gems that that weren't, weren't available at the time. We take it all for granted now. Everything's just out there. You can, If you want to hear Lost in Space, you can hear it. Unless yeah. you're on Spotify. Really? Yeah. Not on there? Yeah, really. No. There's a whole oh, thing. Oh, Neil's no. not on no. there anymore. No, Joe Neil. Neil. Bingo Bondo. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. Principles. Gold Bond. <laughs> Gold Bond <laughs> Green Principles. <laughs> I'll be on the Tonight Show later parodying myself. <laughs> okay. Um, let's uh, let's get into some heavier stuff again. Um, after Harvest Moon, is it is Sleeps with Angels his next album yeah. after that? Yeah. Um, most of the album was written before <coughs> Kurt Cobain died, but he, uh, he dies during, during the recording of this album sleeps with angels. He, at least this song he records after he hears about Kurt Cobain's death, uh, particularly because Kurt Cobain quotes Neil Young in his suicide note, which Neil was horrified by. Um, so this is, uh, his, I guess reaction to that he's he's working through some things in this recording. And which album is this on? Sleeps with Angels. Wait till the bass comes in. <laughs> it hasn't come in yet? No. <laughs> I mean, you'll hear it. Showing his chops. Yeah, this, this one has 
really unique sound, even yeah. even for Neil's love of distortion and um, you know loud loud amps and fuzz pedals and all that. Uh, but like this this song comes out like whoa, he's doing something cool here. I, I think it highlights one of the really appealing things about him. I think especially for anybody that's ever dabbled in music is you pick up this instrument and then you have to figure out how to make it make a sound. You hit it or you pluck it or you do whatever. You blow through it. And you're like f- experimenting with, with sound. And it's like he never lost that love of just figuring out how to... like make a sound whatever things in his head he's going to get it out and he does it like in such a kind of do-it-yourself way like he's i mean he's he built his own pedal board oh that he, thing he's, is crazy he's he's <laughs> constantly like tinkering and and experimenting he's almost like a scientist as much as he is a a, a performer or artist and i think it it always shows up in in you know his, his different iterations but that's a i think a great representation of it like that could easily be a teenager in a garage like playing their instrument wrong trying to fig- quote unquote wrong trying to figure out how to make it make a sound and he's doing it for an album yeah. later in his career i think it's yeah. a great pick it's just like lost in space this even more so there's nothing like this musically ever again or before i mean it's this is a very strange structure for him and i think you know you sometimes think about poetry and like the 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 way that the words are formed or the structure that and how that augments the, the message and this is i think that this it fits the lyrics in a very interesting way because it's it's dark, it's chaotic, and it really reinforces the the lyrical content. And it, it I mean, when I was just listening to it, there's some great lines in there too. Just like in Needle and Damage Done, like Milk Blood to keep from running out. This just this very simple line: "She ran up phone bills." You know, this very like coming at this tragic, horrific event in such a, like people she had to call a lot of people you know it it, and it's somehow it's so on the periphery that it just it just cuts even deeper Mm -hmm. it's pretty interesting yeah i i love i love the experimental sound of it but also and this is something that neil does often and a lot of artists do but working through grief and tragedy through through their music or through their creation like you see it in his tonight's the night album and um I guess his homegrown album that was released yeah. recently with like a, a breakup yeah. kind of theme. And I think that's part of why he didn't release it in so long. It was just hard for him to, to listen to. But um, yeah, I, I love that, that he puts all, all that emotion and um, difficulty into, into his music that, you know, whatever he's dealing with at the time, he's, yeah, and you could talk for an hour about this, but I mean, the line that Cobain references is better to burn out than to fade away. And Neil has tried to say, it's not like you just burn at both ends and, you know, die young, live fast, die young. He he tries to say it's about trying to maintain the same level of creative energy. And, and like, if you can't bring that energy to it, you should hang it up. Whether that's what he meant when he wrote it, who, who knows? But I mean, that's kind of the the bent that he's putting on it now. Mm-hmm. All right, Steve. 
Well, interesting that you referenced that. I mean, the, the song I've had in my mind is either My My Hey Hey or Hey Hey My My. And I'm, I'll, I kind of want to throw it to the committee here to see which one. But um, First may- verse of one, second verse of another. <laughs> I was going to say maybe... Yeah, maybe hey hey my my is a good closer for the for the <laughs> album or something. But yeah, sure. <laughs> if you want to play both, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I have a strong opinion except that maybe the second one, hey hey my my. It would it would be the more more well known version. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's uh, let's go with that. Hey hey my my into the black. <laughs> It is just static. Like you can't really distinguish notes, baby barely. <laughs> like he probably cut his speaker, sliced it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like an effect. Like it, it really sounds like his his amp is broken. It, yeah. I mean, I'm, in, I, you know, I'm excited to eventually see the Million Vivo movie. Don't get too excited. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, they do a cover of, of something in the movie, but, yeah. which I'm interested to see. But it, and I didn't realize that this is just saying that you know this album and this song is kind of about this time that he's hanging out with them, and yeah. influenced by punk, but also maybe kind of. Well, according to the Divine Source Wikipedia, <laughs> it says feeling his own or viewing uh, what he viewed as his own growing irreverence. Wow. Yeah. Well, and that's what this is. I mean, this is he's talking about Elvis Presley and Johnny Rotten, and you know he's trying he's trying to figure out which one he is. You ah. know? But to Devo, the line, uh, Russ never sleeps, I think, uh, is it Mark, what's his last name? Moss, Mothersbaugh? Mar- yeah, I think he might have a co-writing credit on this. 
Russ Never Sleeps came was one of the Devo guys that was working at an advertising firm for uh, car parts. Like I think it was muffler. They were trying to sell like uh, new car mufflers, and the the slogan was Russ Never Sleeps. Like you need a new muffler. That's <laughs> Martin Mothersbaugh nice. emailed the show once. Really? That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was there, his brother. It wasn't Mark. It was his, his brother. brother? Yeah. It was close enough. It was Bob. Yeah, it was Bob. <laughs> yeah. There were three brothers. Was, uh, <laughs> he was upset, no, but uh, yeah. I think we addressed his concerns. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. This, uh, this reminds me of another thing that, that I really love about Neil. Um Particularly when he's with Crazy Horse, but uh, it, it goes across the board. He loves a song, no matter how heavy the song is. He loves it to have a chorus that his, his backup band can sing along to. Yeah, harmonize to the chorus, and even even if it's stuff like Johnny Rotten, Rotten Johnny, <laughs> like you don't hear that another. Yeah. That's that's classic. Movie and it, right it there. is interesting because it, it, you know, we talk about how sloppy and Welfare loose it is. <laughs> how loose and sloppy it is. But there's a, a movie. I think it's the Muddy Track documentary, and there it's like following a, a European tour in the '80s, and they're working on harmonies in the tour bus, and he is getting livid because Billy cannot hit the notes, and the, so it's, it's this weird thing where it's just this all it's chaos. But like on those harmonies, he's like nitpicky. <laughs> was it? Was he getting when, mad because it hit? sounded too good? No, no, no. no. The no. Johnny Rotten <laughs> part, <laughs> Ralph. The Johnny Rotten part. Spot. Johnny Rotten. You're Come fl- on, you're flat. Do Ralph. it again. Do it again. You're flat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. I just I remember seeing that scene and like being so shocked that they were working that hard. <laughs> All right, Jason. Oh hand off. man, last pick. My last, last pick. pick. Oh my gosh, this is this is hard. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a little bit of a of a Jordan, and at this point, maybe <laughs> maybe it's a maybe it's a Jason. I've done it enough yeah. now, and I'm sharing it with them. Uh, the song I'm not gonna pick, but everybody should go listen to it. You may be familiar with it anyway. Is uh, Ohio? It's a, a Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young song. I don't think. It was ever released on an it was album, a single. was it? Yeah, it was it, a single. It was a single, and then it ends up on Decade. And it was uh, on So Far, which was a CSNY. Like, I think CSNY had like two albums, and then the record label did a Greatest Hits, and yeah. they added Ohio onto it. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go... Uh, I'm gonna, no, because we'll come back around for deep cuts, I'm sure, near misses at the end of this. Uh, so, Ohio, I'm not going to pick it, but go listen to a really important song. It's, it's him... Um, but being, I think, really poignant, responding to a uh, a, a tragedy and and giving uh, commentary on it in the way that only he can. It's a great song, and I'll put a plug in for the Journey Through the Past uh, version of Ohio, which is a live version, and they go from Find the Cost of Freedom right into Ohio, and it's just it's amazing. All right.
I mean, how can you go wrong with that? Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's the song I'm not picking. Um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like on the beach at this point needs to be represented. We got to get it on the golden record if this is truly going to be a, a, an album put in the hands of the aliens to reconstruct the the greatness that is Neil Young. I could pick a lot of tracks on there, but I think I'm going to go with uh, the the closing track of the album, Ambulance Blues. Oh boy, just a great classic. Neil Young song doing his Neil Young thing. There's, there's, there's nothing too wacky or weird about this. This is just a, a straightforward, great, great Neil Young song. Because, so, because. so this is a, a long one, a lot of verses. Any particular verse nope. you want to? No, nope. just, here? just get into from it. The beginning. Just, just start from the beginning, and we'll play it until the universe says that's enough. We'll settle in for nine minutes then. Yeah, <laughs> buckle up. The air was magic when we played The riverboat was rocking in the rain Midnight was the time for the rain Oh, Isabella Proud Isabella they tore you down and plowed you under. You're only real with your makeup on. How could I see you and stay too long all along the Navajo Trail? Burnout stubbed their toes on garbage trails. The the way his his low D string is it a D is this that'd be a C probably oh, yeah <laughs> just the the way that buzzes when he yeah hits that low string I love the different sounds he's getting from the the strings. Old mother goose, she's on the skids. You ain't happy. Neither are the kids. I'm, I'm gonna skip towards the end because knock got, yourself out. We gotta hear the last verse of this. <laughs> but she can I was wondering if we'd get the last oh, verse. <laughs> it's half past five, but the subways are empty, and so are the cafes. Except for the farmer's market And I still can hear him say You're all just pissing in the wind You don't know it, but you are And there ain't nothing like a friend can tell you you're just pissing in the wind is there still another verse after this yeah there's still another two minutes yeah there's (laughs) there's another nixon verse to polish it off (laughs) You're probably good. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
I mean, what, what more do you need? It gets, it captures it all. It's like Neil Young's stream of conscious. Um, I'm intrigued now thinking about like Neil Young movie maker. He would be an editor's nightmare. Like oh if he took the God. same approach to movie making that he does music, brevity is not in his playbook. Yeah. He doesn't trim anything out. I mean, his average song length has got to be like six minutes easily. Yeah. And this is a rock musician. It's so. But he might not necessarily also be doing like a hundred takes, like Stanley Kubrick. Probably so. (laughs) But but still, I mean, this this guy roll tape. It all stays in. (laughs) Right, right, right. right. We're we're gonna do. We're gonna. Every movie would be like a four-hour movie. Um, Anyway, it's. I got it on the record. Nice. I'm glad you got on the beach on there. Um, so my last pick, I'm going to go back to, you know, um, just an element of, uh, I think what he does so well, which is the kind of the storytelling kind of, uh, and, and a song that struck me at a young age when, um, I didn't really, you know, the gravity of the, of the, what he was talking about, but I could sense it. It's tonight's the night. Um, and I heard it of course, from the decade album. So I know the the actual album version. There's like two of them. So I don't know which one is on the decade album. The first one. The first one. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm I'm wanting to listen to is the first one. Tonight's the night. And Brian mentioned when we were talking about needle and the damage done, Bruce Berry. But I just remember hearing that Bruce Berry that line about you know and and just knowing like oh he's telling this story about this friend of his that that died. But it was this like. There's this kind of suspense in the storytelling in the song, and this kind of uh, haunting. It's like a, it's just it really grips you. This song. in his hand well, Late at night when the people were gone he used to pick up my guitar and sing a song in a shaky voice that was real as the day was long Tonight's the night Yes it is Tonight's the night Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's. We need to do another take. <laughs> Billy, you, you must the harmony again. Used to sleep until the afternoon.
pick. Yeah. Such a good, like the dynamics, the building, the, yeah. Love it. This, you might need to indulge me further than you already have. If you can play the beginning of the second Tonight's the Night, the mm-hmm. one that closes the album, you'll hear, I love this, in terms of like doing another take, they're doing the backup vocals for Tonight's the Night, and one guy does one count too many. Like he, He's the only one, he's hanging out there all by himself. Everybody's <laughs> doing it together, and the last one, he's all by himself. <laughs> it's That's hilarious. Weird. This one's a little rougher. Yeah. Tonight, 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 it launched him. Launched the verse. I love how it's just like kept in. He's like, oh, I actually like that. Let's keep that in. That's good. That is great. That is one I'm happy to indulge. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great pick. Yeah, so that one was uh, it was shelved for a long time too. Uh, they were recording that at Bruce Berry's. I think it was his brother had a pool hall in Santa Monica, and they would they had a mobile van and they'd pull up and they'd start drinking at five and start rolling tape around midnight. There's actually Joni Mitchell stopped by for one session and they, there's a on the archives there's a cut of Raised on Robbery. And oh really? He, yeah. He, I just always wonder what. Joni Mitchell must have been thinking walking into that. It was sounds like it was a rough, rough session. It, it was basically they called it a wake because they were <laughs> celebrating uh, Danny Witten and Bruce Berry. Mm. So I have to close this. Yeah. Okay. It's all you. What's, what's the album closer? This is weird. This is weird. It's a story tone in the album. This is a recent one. Mm -hmm. Nice. 2014. 2014. Mm -hmm. The song is Tumbleweed. Through the night 
Life is full of strange delights And in the darkness we find lights To make our way back home again This is the the orchestral version? This is? <laughs> no, yeah. Well, I, I say, listen to those lush, lush strings. <laughs> the verve, verve version. Does the regular version also have a ukulele? Yeah, he is plays it, a is ukulele. Is it just him and ukulele, or is there yeah, other stuff no, too? No, it's just him and ukulele. But this is a. This is kind of. I think it's a good closer. It's closer to where we are right now and where Neil is right now, mm-hmm. and I think it kind of sums up his philosophy. Mm. And 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 I love that I've never heard it before. Yeah, we all get to experience it for the first time. Yeah, as the the album closer because there's so much Neil out there that even is there stuff that even you haven't heard, Brian? No, maybe, maybe not. No. <laughs> <laughs> not, uh, not that I'm if, aware of. If it's available, yeah. you've heard it. But yes, for the for the rest of us, there's so much, so much more to dig around in. Yeah, and you- and some hidden gems like this. Like yeah. I, you know, I'm I'm hesitant to put the time into the later Neil albums because I'm like, I I know I like the the pre mid nineties. Yeah. You know, the, everything before that. The problem. I mean, this is why you know I'm not an apologist anymore. I mean. The out the, the newer albums all have one or two songs that are good that are still hold up in a group. But there's a you know the old saying uh, all killer no filler does not apply uh, <laughs> probably post sleeps with angels I would say. But he does interesting stuff like Greendale is a really interesting album and then Psychedelic Pill is it's. Solid. I mean, I, I like that's an album I liked. Yeah, of his of his recent stuff, but and, it's a Crazy Horse album too. Yeah, yeah. It feels like he he. I feel like he can tap into something a little better when Crazy Horse is in the room. With well, him. and it's interesting because Colorado and uh, Barn, the most recent one, are true. nominally Crazy Horse, but Poncho is retired, he, and so it's uh, Lofgren from uh, East Street Band is playing guitar with him now. So it's just a little bit... It's actually... The band that he's playing with now is pretty much the Tonight's the Night group. But So what are, What about Homegrown, which was recorded in like 74, but released yeah. you know two years ago? We, we actually listened to it here. Yeah. What do you think about that one? I love it. I, I mean, that was one... I think it was between Homegrown and... Uh, was between it Homegrown Har- and... I can't on the remember. Beach and- yeah, I mean, they were, I think it was, uh, uh, maybe it was Comes a Time, but Homegrown, I think, as Brandon mentioned, I mean, he just, it was too close to him, some of those songs. Even though, like, when I ri- listened to it, like, I thought it was just going to be, like, brutal and focus on, like, the divorce no, from not. start to finish. And there's only a couple songs that are, I mean, Separate Ways is the the obvious one, but... I just, he is back to like the hey, hey, my, my. He is, he seems very interested in uh, curating his catalog. And to the point, it's just, it's not like the Bob Dylan bootleg series. I mean, nothing is edited out. It's like eight versions of the same song he will just release. Did you listen (laughs) to the, um, it was a podcast, that interview he did with Rick Rubin? No. 
Oh, uh, it's pretty good. It's two part. It, Rick Rubin has a podcast called I can't remember what it's called. On the record or something. Broken record. Broken yeah. record. Yeah, and he there's a two part interview with Neil Young, and he talks a little bit about some of those archived releases and it does it really does just feel like it's kind of like whatever he's in the mood for once he decides that he's ready to release it then he releases it and yeah. <laughs> never and it, never never before and it's all over the map i mean he'll release like a blue notes and then he'll release a solo acoustic show from the early set i mean there's no it's just scattered for sure but that he's got the neil young archives is amazing i don't know if you guys have ever logged in there but He's got this whole, there's a timeline and you can like visual timeline and you can click on the albums. You got liner notes you can play, and he's even got movies in there and stuff like that. It's, it's this his like website or his yeah, own thing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's amazing. Nice. <laughs> so <laughs> what, what about favorite, favorite lyrics? There's gotta be some lyric gems in there that we, some songs we didn't play. Do you want me? Do you want me to Let's go? Let's go, Brian. Yeah, if you got one. you're our expert. Well, here. I I, uh, I I have a fondness in my heart for the line: "It's a cold bowl of chili when love lets you down." <laughs> I, I think that one's. That what one's, song is yeah. that from? Uh, Saddle up the Palomino uh, <laughs> from American Stars and Bars, um, but the the line I that that was one I was thinking of, and I <laughs> this, this came up with my kids in the car as well. I think that that song was playing because I was I was just playing the the yeah. list of all my contenders, you know. Yeah. And that song comes up, and <laughs> Will <laughs> here's that line in comments like, more like it's any bowl of chili. <laughs> Doesn't like chili. Doesn't like chili huh? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not a chili the, fan. The the line that I actually use the most, and I use it quite frequently, is from On the Beach, which is, although my problems are meaningless, that don't make them go away. Mm. <laughs> that's nice. Uh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about some some near near misses or uh, honorable mentions? Any things that that were hard for you to hard for you to cut? Yeah, like Powderfinger. Yeah, uh, just incredible song. I think it's beloved by by Neil Young aficionados. It's Neil Young's storytelling. There's a great solo in it. Mm-hmm. Um, the story is he was trying to like give that to Leonard Skinnerd. <laughs> really? Yeah, they, thought, and they wouldn't take it. He, I think he thought that it was uh, more in their wheelhouse. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can see that. That's interesting. Southern man was was yeah. speaking of Leonard Skinner. I love the uh, solo in that. There's like a long guitar solo that he does some weird stuff in. Uh, that uh, is a weird guitar. Uh, it just freaks very out. Weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, for for the turnstiles. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's from great. It's a really good. You got banjo. He's doing his harmony thing. It's and he's singing so hard. In yeah, it. yeah. I w- I will say technically it's a git Joe. He does not know how to play the banjo. Really? So that is a six string guitar right. that is a git yeah, Joe. Git Joe. <laughs> uh, I I quite like Walk On and Walk on. Revolution Blues from, from yeah. that album as well. Walk On's a good example of his more upbeat countryish songs. Yeah, which we, we've heard a lot of the more mellow mm-hmm. ones. But I like his little and I would say uh, ones. on that new uh, bottom line bootleg that they just released. There's a acoustic version of Revolution Blues that is just like chilling. Oh, wow. hmm. 
So good. Along the line of upbeat country, I love Crickle Creek. Yes. Cripple Creek Fer- Ferry. Cri- yeah. Cripple Creek Ferry. Yes. Yeah. That's on After the Gold Rush? Or? Yeah. And that helps get the song length average down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there we go. I, still think, I would love somebody to run that uh, analysis. It's got to be six minutes at least. Yeah. That sounds uh, like a job for Croxall, uh, yeah. Digital Humanities. <laughs> there oh, there you go. He's, he's got to feed it into the system. I've got to nice. say, I, I'm... Very sad. Cortez the Killer. Yeah. yeah. And don't let it bring you down or two of mm-hmm. it. I just feel Cortez like- the Killer uh, definitely was, was on my list. Some great tracks on Ragged Glory. Um, Country Home, effing Up. Yeah. Um, There's another good lyric. Far- I, Farmer John. From uh, Country Home. I don't like to go down to the flats because I can't park on a hill. <laughs> <laughs> I love Out on the Weekend. First track from Harvest. That's a great one. Harvest is is Is, probably my favorite album. Maybe an additional question to that. Is there any album that didn't get represented on on our golden record that is glaringly absent? Comes a time, for sure. That track for track, Comes a Time, is probably my my favorite one. Hmm. Personal favorite. Yeah. That's that's like the... uh, I mean... The part in my heart that I played feels similar in, in vibe to everything that's on Comes a Time, but uh, also has tons of great harmonies. Who's the the female vocalist on that? Nicol- Nicolette Larson. Nicolette Larson. On oh, Motorcycle man. Mama. Give me like me. <laughs> yeah. So good. That's I had yeah. a, I had so look out for my love from that yeah, album. That is that, that whole album for me is like going to Molly's restaurant. Just comfort that, food. Yeah, comfort food. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's rockin' was not represented, uh, <laughs> and neither was landing on water. That's Ragged true. Glory That's wasn't, true. yeah. And Mirrorball, pretty much, we missed almost everything after Sleeps with Angels. Mirrorball, the album he did with Pearl Jam, yeah, right? Yeah, I did quite like a bunch of songs from Mirrorball. Yeah, Song I don't X, think I've ever Ocean, even listened to that one. Fallen Angel. I, I'm the Ocean is my favorite on that one, probably. That one's great. And I quite like Silver and Gold. Yep. Silver and Gold's a good album. Solid. So so there you have it. There we there go. There you have it. We got it covered. We did it. I think did, I think Neil would be pleased. Did we I do think it justice? Did anybody have any ideas for a team up who we want to see him work with? Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I did have I did have one thought. Yeah, Back in the day, he was in an R and B band with um, right. Rick James, the Minor Birds. Yeah, the Minor Birds. There's not a <laughs> Rick James and Neil Young were in a band together. There's not a recording of it. Motown Records. There is. Is, is there? That, yeah, they it, came out through the archives. Is it good? No, no. It's it's yeah. decent. It's it's so solid. I want to see him go back to R and B. Well, here's wow. what I want, though. I want him to go neo neo soul slash R and B. I want him to team up with D'Angelo. I think he can make it work. <laughs> I think D'Angelo's falsetto with uh, with Neil Young could somehow work. I'd, um, I'd I'd listen to it. Hell yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> I had no idea Rick Barry and Neil Young. No, Rick James. James. Oh, Rick James. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Although Rick he may, he may have played basketball with Rick Barry at some point as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm still on Bruce Barry. No, that he he played. He show, he only had a 12 string acoustic guitar. And he was when he got and he got that deal with Motown Records, oh and it fell apart because Rick James went to Canada to flee the draft. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Well, how about how about Neil and Phoebe Bridgers? Sure, that, that could be amazing. Sure, 
Yeah, that's a she's a descendant. Now it's pr- probably yeah. and she's uh, what he's doing. And she's a in. I mean, she collaborates with a lot of people. She's a keeper of the flame for Neil. Yeah, you I mentioned too. Kurt Vile. I just saw him in Boise yeah. with my brothers, and it was and yeah, I was I was thinking of Neil, and he he mentions Neil and. So I have a couple of uh, of additional awards pro. that I've come up with that I wanted to mention. Yeah, um, uh, best best use of a whistle in a Neil Young song, uh, "Walk Like a Giant." Yeah, from uh, I agree from the psychedelic pill album. I agree. Uh, best use of a train sound. Ooh, um, shots from reactor oh yeah um, he's overdubbing like gunshots yeah. and a train sound it's, it's a really weird crazy horse flex but pretty <laughs> it's a good song, song. <laughs> that's uh, one of the strongest songs yeah, on the album i agree and then uh finally best performance of cortez the killer in front of an underappreciative audience <laughs> is uh brian watts jason johnson <laughs> and mike benson in uh in 1990 <laughs> Five or ninety six ish at a provide talent show where we we somehow came up with the idea that it would be it would be awesome to to regale the high school students of the nineties with a, a ten minute rendition of Cortez the Killer. Also, by the way, done instrumentally yeah. without a without a scene. Right. Um, and we did it. And I have no idea what anybody was thinking, but uh but we, we did it. Yeah, that's uh that's chutzpah. Is yeah, what, that's what that is. Yeah. I don't know I think you have to be self aware to have chutzpah. Right. That's that's uh so that 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 was my uh, that was my story about Cortez the Killer oh is we had the genius idea to play it at a high school talent show in, in the nineties. The the whole the whole damn thing. That's oh right. man, it'd be amazing <laughs> if we could somehow go back in oh time my gosh. and wa- be a fly on the wall. The, the one thing it reminds me that we didn't that. really talk about was you talked about uh, <laughs> underappreciative audiences. I think Neil's had plenty of those, but <laughs> but he it, a lot of albums have the same opener and closer, like Tonight's the Night and uh, Freedom and, right. and uh, Rust Never Sleeps. But the story about tonight, and he does, he's done this, he still does this, where he will go on tour and he'll only play new stuff. Like, most recently, Greendale was the album, and he he had like a high school level play production going on stage behind him because the album just tells a whole story and people were walking in they had the album wasn't released <laughs> had no idea what they were getting into but they there's a, i haven't found the bootleg but lots of people talk about this show he did where tonight's the night hadn't been released but it was about to be released we start with and they just played the album straight through and he'd start with tonight's the night and then the crowd would just start getting restless like screaming for like something that they knew and then they, he gets to the, the end and he goes here's one you guys will recognize and everybody's like yes and he plays tonight's the night again <laughs> I can tell you're getting restless. Here's one. Here's one. You know what a burn. What a burn. I love it. He's like the troll. Oh, it's great. That's what's hooks, hoots, but yeah, perhaps hoots, but for sure. Well, this has been fantastic. This has been a dream of mine to record this for for years now. I would recommend if you have the opportunity. 
sit in a room with some good friends and listen to to Neil Young because it's a really good time. Yeah. This has been great. Yeah. I've been so happy. And if you're just learning how to play the guitar, or if you already know how to play guitar, try some Neil Young songs. There you go. There's a lot of them that are easily doable. Yeah. Absolutely. And and fun to fun to jam with and fun to try your hand at some some uh messy harmonies. Steve, have we sold you? Have we sold you on him? I think he's con- even more confused. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm I'm flummoxed. Um, <laughs> no, I I uh you know, I think ever since Brandon made me that playlist and I was digging in a little more, I'm I'm convinced. And but I don't know, it's like we've talked about this before, but it's like he's just in this certain category where it's like I don't know. I, I don't I can't honestly answer if I'm gonna spend a lot more time with Neil Young. I, I have to acknowledge his his uh greatness in a certain way and, and that, that there's certainly a lot of those probably more as the earlier stuff uh you know, like after the gold rush and stuff that I've I've I can't deny that these are these are great songs and the just the acoustic sound of the stuff he's recording, blah blah blah. But I don't I don't know. It's like with, with that whole category of like him and Dylan and James Taylor, it's just in this space that doesn't grab me. And so I I probably bad. will listen to more. I have to be honest that, that this has sparked give give it's landing a spark. water and shot. It's shall I say it's planted a seed or it's planted a spark that will grow into a huge <laughs> into a seed tree that that's a... on fire. That's right. <laughs> Burning for Neil Young. Yeah. A... But yeah. I'll listen to, I'll do some more listening. But but I don't know. I don't know if Neil's ever gonna break into that thing where it's like I just gotta hear some Neil Young. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, <laughs> Cripple Creek. It's been great having Brian here too. Brian, yeah, you know, your enthusiasm. Expert. Yeah, this You're is expert. A, this is an unbelievable level of expertise. Yeah, the totems or the talismans or whatever that we've had here, have, uh, I think, have definitely energized the room. Yeah, it's I know. Like, I want to look at that train closer. There's a fun Easter egg in uh, in the movie, lousy movie, knocked up. You remember that movie? But Paul Rudd's wearing a landing on water yeah. water oh. T-shirt. Oh. In it. Sounds louder than me. Test, uh, test, test. We, could we work on that a little? Uh, test. Why would I think, I'd be louder than you. I mine's think that's by design. Up as loud. Well, I don't know. <laughs> that's Steve. Just make sure mine's a little louder in the mix. <laughs> did you bring? Did you bring your uh, yeah. cloud lifter? Where's your boost? Forgot the mic boost. <laughs> Crap. No, dude. Now I'm distorting. Please, that's too much. Just a little saturation. Just a little Mannheim saturation. (laughs) Oh, God. That's the way. That's that's really what I think of when I think of saturation. Mannheim. Give me that Mannheim saturation. That's what you tell the guy at the board. Give me the the Mannheim saturation. Uh, That's Steve Vai. He's like, yeah, uh, give me the Mannheim saturation. Whoever. Randy Rhodes. He's like, give me the Mannheim. I'm going Mannheim. 
full Mannheim on this one. <laughs> You're rolling, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh. Brandon's love language. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. All comes back to the Beatles or Mannheim. If Neil Young did a and Mannheim did an album together, that would be. <coughs> oh gosh, that'd be something. That would be something. That's something he has not done yet. Yeah, he could do that. It's just not released. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. There's a basement cassette, and there's a film there. that goes along with it. Too. That's right. That's right. A mockumentary.